thing, or, or are you using this one for specific, real non-formal? Well, okay, so <clears throat> one of the goals. Yeah, because there's no space here to put like a laptop or like. Yeah, so man, eventually, and I've been looking at this for a while. Like having a full-time professor gig, I've got to. Uh, Like having a full-time professor gig, like I kind of like decided when I started doing that, this is a new routine, and I inherited the guy whose job I took over, I inherited his schedule because he wasn't planning on retiring, and they offered him like an like an out basically, right. they said, maybe all this money, maybe a couple of outs, and <laughs> so he retired, and I mean it was a good move for them because they were able to like he had a PhD so yeah. they were able to pay me like probably half what they were paying him right. but the unfortunate part for me is that they had already made his schedule right so I essentially have to teach this, this other professor's schedule this dude's like a huge Dr. DeBlack fanboy too I was like you know Dr. DeBlack and I are homeboys right <laughs> but I'm gonna have DeBlack so um after I get like more established, um, they're gonna throw. I'm gonna start teaching Arkansas history. Yeah. Um, but they're right now next semester. I'm teaching my schedule. I want to be teaching. This will be way better for what I got going on with the gym. You know. So that's gonna be a huge plus. So like right now, you're just kind of in this weird schedule. Weird schedule, and I just just so like just Christmas though. Yeah. And I have, so like I said, I've been setting up a studio at my office, and it, the office looks just as cool as this, except with like a lot of the stuff I had in the podcast before, um, uh, like uh, just like the decorations and stuff. I just moved them all to my office. So I got two bookshelves, a desk, like I got like three different shots. I got like two of these chairs. So this allows me. This recorder allows me to go mobile, so like when we go see concerts, we're gonna start doing music unraveled after the concert on this. Oh yeah. Because this actually like is really, really, really good. Wherever. That'd be cool. The audio on just this recorder, we could do a good podcast on. This just gives us a little better, like what you were saying. You hear yeah. like that little gain. Like I'll tweak this. This is the first official thing I've done other than um, playing with it. But the the cool shtick about this is. I have one of these that you can hook into a computer and this one can hook into a mixer but for some reason I had it hooked into the mixer and it wasn't going to the camera so that's why we're doing audio only. Right. But here's another thing, out of like 75 podcasts I've done, I always get more audio only listens which defies what all statistics say about podcasting right now. Right, that people prefer videos. Well and I don't think I'm too late to the YouTube scene by any sense of the means. Like, you know what I'm saying? But you could say that if you didn't get in before 2010, you're too late. But Well, I've been building, like, so, like, we're building our gym channel. We've got a lot of views. I got a lot of views. on. But, like, if you looked at all the audio platforms I'm yeah. on and the number of views I'm getting there, or listens, rather, mm, yeah, it's pretty good. So, <clears throat> but I've just been doing a lot of logistics on, like, I've had the, so I've never taught Civ 1, never taught US 1, and I'm teaching three sections of Civ 1. Right. Two section of US one. And that's keeping me pretty busy prepping, to, like building the test. Sip one doesn't sound all that big to do. You just go steal someone's syllabi, right? And then you just kind of. In a way, out. you know, or maybe you just 
do David Krieger's Ancient Egypt class and call it Western Civilization <laughs> 1. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a lot of what's going on. Because here's the thing. Check it out. Like, the, the what, so, like, tech has world civs. So, you yeah. know how, like, in world civs, like, like, for example, when I set in on Krieger's class... Yeah. For that, because I had taken for us set in on yeah. maybe World Civ One. He, he starts out with like the five yeah, okay. crescents. Okay, right? yes, the five, yes, yes, uh, yes. River valleys that so they are, in Western Civ they only deal with. Um, they only start at Egypt. They start. They go prehistory, Mesopotamia, Egypt. That's like my first yeah. unit, right? Mm-hmm. And then it goes the Assyrians. The sure, you just stay here, and you, you follow Persians the and he, uh, well, Hebrews. Yeah. Assyrians, Persians, and yeah. then still kind of that. And then Greece and Rome. Sure. So I'm going to need those Greece and Rome notes. <laughs> Dude, I bet. Okay, so the girl that's the librarian at Moralton, I bet you were in Greece and Rome with her. Like, <clears throat> oh, yeah. I think you took Greece and Rome, and like I had a schedule conflict, and I've been dying on the inside ever since I didn't take that class, and Krieger retired, and, you know, yeah. So... Greece and Rome, never got to take it. Super sad, but I still got all my Enlightenment and Egypt notes and all my Civ notes. And I, I don't think I got Enlightenment. Oh, you were in the Enlightenment, were you not? I don't know. Who? That's not Europe class. in the Age of an Enlightenment? That wasn't a Krieger class. Oh, yes, it was. I wasn't in that class. <sighs> Bro! It must have been after, no? Bro, yeah, I got to take it for the Enlightenment. It was. I remember that semester because I was. Um, I was in the Enlight. Uh, I was in the Enlightenment at eight. To 920, then philosophy, religion, 930 to 1050, and then I walked from Tomlinson mm-hmm. to Witherspoon, where I would take Georgina Duncan for, um, it was either Vietnam War or World War Two. I can't remember, but damn, I miss that lady too, dude, did you ever have her? Never had Georgina. She like, professor. Well, she was super educated, she went to school in London, Yeah. and she, um, she smoked cigarettes, like probably more than Dr. Gleason. Yes. Yeah. She talked like this. Yeah. But she had a weird accent because she spent a lot of years in England. Mm, yeah. It was very interesting. Yeah, her, her English was definitely higher than than, yeah. than around here. So. Yeah. So, uh, so what have you been doing, dude? My brain just explodes. What have I been doing? So, so last time I talked to you, you had kind of a couple of jobs going on. Yeah. You almost paid off your student loans. Is that... Uh, that is that is done. Bro. I am fist yeah. pump in the middle of the Boom. microphone. I Congratulations, am debt free. I mean, so it's it's an interesting space to be in. I'm debt free. So in in one category, I'm ahead of every one of my peers, like ninety five of you guys. In in all other categories, as far as like assets, uh, all all those fancy financial bank words, I am behind everyone. I have to my name seven hundred dollars maybe I don't know something like that. That's but now, dude, now that you don't have that outgo, bro. I don't. I don't own a car. I don't own a house. I have zero assets. I have. I have zero bills. That's true. But I have zero assets. So I am a newborn baby, out in the world. And I've I've been thinking about this a lot. Like the people who went into debt. In their I mean, 20s, you technically are only five years old. Seven. Seven. Leap leap your child. It's no longer an easy grab. Um, uh, I've been busy. I can't keep up with my own age. But like, the people like like you, you've got your own business that you do. You've got you know the second job. Like you've created like wealth that works for you. 
and those are all assets that will outlive your debt and help you get out of debt. Oh yeah. So that's that's something I don't have. Whereas I worked my butt off and I, I use up all my social equity with family and friends to pay off my debt and now I'm free. And I could I could just take off at any moment and walk to Cambodia. I realize that you need a boat to get there. But I could. Uh, well, yeah, just why don't you just walk from London to Jerusalem again? I mean, you know. I took some trains. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like when I tell people about you, I'm like, yeah, you know, this guy, he walked from London to Jerusalem. <laughs> it was like, what? Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, took some trains. There were trains in there. Uh, yeah, good times. Uh, but I could. So that maybe that's a good segue to... I've been welding for the past three weeks at my job. I work in a I work in a place where we make stuff for boats. That's probably as descriptive as it needs to get. And they've had me welding for like the last three weeks straight. Um, yeah, you were welding last time I talked to you. Well, I wasn't welding yet. Really, they started teaching me how to weld, and so I've just learned sort of how to TIG weld aluminum. And that's what I've been doing nonstop for three weeks. And I get paid fifteen bucks an hour now. So hey, it's pretty good, dude. Not too bad. But I'm also waiting to hear back from a church in Conway on a missions coordinator position, which is like, I had started talking about this kind of thing that I wanted to do in a church probably five, six years ago now, and it seems like this job is that job, and no, I've never heard of anyone having the exact thing that I wanted until this, and I think it's really close. So all of my eggs are in that basket, and if I don't get it, then I've got some live crazy options like teaching English in Japan or uh, pursuing a career as a professor at Moralton. Dude, um, since you keep pushing it on me, so bro, it's like I just, it's very worthy looking into. Cause well, it sounds like it's one of those like ground level like now's the time to get in, and so I've been struggling. Dude, I can't believe how good yeah. of a situation it turned out to be for me. Yeah. Like because first. Like the base salary is at thirty seven five. That sounds nice. That's it, more than I've ever made in a year. Yeah, so like I mean, you know, we have more like we do pretty well with the gym, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I like I told which congratulations. Well, I mean, thank you. Couldn't do without Cora. Uh, but I told Moralton, you know, I was like, hey, I'm coming down here because I want to be coming down here, not because I have to be coming down. That's here. right. And grabbing them right there. They were like, hey, we need you, we need to either hire an adjunct or, or we need you to teach an overload my first semester full time. Sounds good, yeah. And I was like, whatever you need. I didn't even know they were going to pay me for it, honestly. <laughs> and, but they did. And I taught a summer class and I'll teach another overload in the spring. So it's like almost $6,000 extra dollars a year. You know? Um, <clears throat> but. There's that professor I was telling you about. Um, his name's Dana Thomason. He's he actually had. So, are you considered a PhD? What's, no, no. I just have a master's in theology. See, sense. like they converted a lot of his theology hours over to philosophy. Sure. So he teaches philosophy and psych. And psych. Yeah. And, but here's the thing: we're about to need like. You know why I got to teach six history classes every semester? Because they can't find an adjunct. Yeah, and well, I think the big thing is Morton's a commuting town, so no one lives there. No camp there. or no uh, dorms, yeah. No one, no one really lives there. Everyone who lives in Morton works in Conway or 
or Little Rock, right? Yeah, Conway, Greenbrier. So I'd have to, I'd really have to like move to Moralton or get a car. And even if I got a car, I'd have to move closer to Are you living to in Clarksville? Yeah. See, living um, in Clarksville is rough, especially yeah, without a car. It, it would be, it would be. You know, so but, um, oh, well, still in the brother's car to make it here is. Is you, is, uh, one, well, see, I just don't know, man. I just feel like I could never get the situation I got at Moralton in tech or anywhere yeah. else. No, I, tr- I tried tech, and tech's like, you gotta have this, blah, 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 blah. And he's just, the, the department head just really like, bam, oh, just squashed all my dreams. I was like, I just want to teach an online class. It's actually kind of BS. Like, it's real easy to set up. I don't really have to do a lot. You could actually probably get a sophomore to do it, if, if I'm being honest with you. Dude, yeah, you know, and even if, like, so, like, here's what, um, because I think Moralton would hire you to do something. Sure. Right? Well, Get I, in the door, like, because if you, are you driving to Conway still? No, 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 so my job's in town, but if I got the job in Conway and I had space in that, I would definitely probably pick up a, like, I would, I would swing into to Moralton be like, this is what I want to do. Because, dude, that admin position turned into a full-time position like that. Yeah. Well, and that's that's probably the only thing holding me back. If I if I lived closer and had a, a means of getting there more regularly, or if they were just going to pay me to do online classes, then dude, that's what sucks. About how much do they pay for like an adjuncting position per class? Uh, I think it's eighteen seventy five a course. Yeah, that's not too bad. It's not too bad, but think about it this way: like, let's say you were teaching five of those. Yeah. Whatever eighteen seventy five times five is, I don't know, but. It's not very much. It's way less than thirty-seven five. Yeah. <laughs> so like, but that's okay. So here's another thing. Like the benefits, dude. Yeah. Because because they have all these employees. They've worked out these rates with the insurance company they provide. I'm sure. So like, Cora and I got slaughtered, bro. Like we got married. I turned thirty and she turned twenty five and I added her to our policy, my policy that I've had since I, I got out of high school, all in the same year and my insurance rates went up three hundred percent, dog. Like I was paying like five hundred dollars a month. Moralton, health, vision, dental, life and retirement. Six percent of my check gets held out for retirement. They match fourteen percent of that hmm. is all less than I was paying for health insurance. That's crazy. I'm going to the dentist for the first time in 10 years. I'll let you know how it goes. Uh, I, I had to go to the dentist for the first time. I think it was... I think. Did they give I, you the gas? I was No, they didn't give me the gas. They shot me. It was like one of those, here's $50, please take this broken up piece of uh, wisdom tooth that's been in here that's shattered that and the back molar. Right. I've always had a little weird wisdom tooth. That's right. Bottom. My top ones came in, destroyed the back molars. Anyways, I got all that straightened out probably years ago, so... That means 15 years without a dis- dentist I went. And it was like, just to take out some teeth. And I, I was like, well, this is not how I remember it. I, I didn't get through the highlights in the lobby, but yeah, the dentist, like people go to the dentist all the time. I'm just like, well, that must be really nice. Like in my family, we stopped going when I was 12. Yeah, I, did, I, I probably hadn't been to the dentist 10 times in my whole life, but I mean, I feel like my teeth are doing 10? really good. What are you doing? What do you need 10 for? Yeah, I know, right? Like, and then too, so like my buddy went the other day, a Moralton professor, English guy, and he had to get two crowns, and then like they're like, while they were in there, like you need this work done too, blah 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 blah, and then he gets out and he's all jacked up, man. They've been working on it for like three hours, all messed up. He goes to pay, and they're like, 
that'll be a thousand dollars. Do you want to pay cash or check? And he's like, I came here to get like two crowns and like then you upsold me on all this other stuff yeah, while I was on, while I was on drugs. Dude, it's so here's some a funny story. That's like, a great upsell. A couple of the um, concerts we've been to recently at the at the widespread panic where I got those. Um, there's these guys that go around called the Nitrous Mafia. So after these people walk out of the of these um, amphitheater venues, there's these guys there with tanks of nitrous that they give you at yeah. the dentist. There's documentaries about them on YouTube, and they fill up balloons and they sell them three for twenty. <laughs> and dude like it's kind of like they call it hippie crack <laughs> and like everybody just like finds a spot to sit down and it's like it's crazy dude I've never seen anything like it but they but they, they call the Nitrous Mafia and they were there in Memphis and they were there in Nashville it's all legal yeah no, no. <laughs> I'm sure it's like big time level felony man <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they can't uh, because somebody said we walked out the last night and we were expecting to see them there or whatever. I went and saw Panic in Nashville. And everybody was like, yeah, they just got busted. (laughs) It's like, damn, dude. Yeah, oh, man, you know. You know you can't. It's got to be some sort of felony to to distribute that to people like that without a license. Let's say they had a license for the tanks, but they, like, they don't have any sort of license to administer, you know, like think about like they're not the things. administering though. It's self administering. Yeah, true that. I bet you they got off. Their lawyers probably got them off easy. Well, I think like, getting busted is them just being like, Oh, the cops are walking up, we're running away. Sure. We're gonna go post up on this other corner. Yeah. Which we were unable to find by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. But uh, yeah, Colby and I are looking forward to doing podcasts with this little recorder on the way back from concerts and stuff. I'm going to see Henry Rollins give a talk here um, very soon. Um, he used to be uh, the lead singer for Black Flag. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. He's going to talk at the Red Rev Room, 300 slides, uh, little PowerPoint presentation. It's a lot of slides. A little one, yeah. <laughs> I did, no joke, I went to um, some training thing at the college. That's the only downside of this, bro. Like, my first first semester, I teach this overload, and first-year faculties don't have to be on committees. But we volunteered you for one. And we meet, like, every week. And I'm the only faculty member on the committee, so I'm, like, the only one who's losing student interaction time yeah. and office hours and prep and all this. But we volunteered you for one. Yeah. That's excellent. But, dude, it's a good gig down there, bro. I'm tempted. I'm tempted, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, you'd be stupid to not get in there, but it's not the thing I want to do for the rest of my life. For sure. it's Dude, I'm going to tell you this right now. Like, my one of my plans, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm, I can't see myself getting a PhD anytime in the next 10 years. Right. I can't, I, Once you get well, that master's, you're just like, mm-hmm. well, cool. it's, it's, it's the It's the investment yeah. repayment. So, like, in the next 10 years... We have three goals that I think are pretty achievable. One, pay off this house. We only owe like ninety-seven thousand on it. Not, not that bad. Two, pay off the student loans. That's why hats off, dude. Yeah, yeah. I got to spend the next like five years doing that. Three, um, I think by the time I'm forty, based off my retirement portfolio and just as I'm looking at it and talking to other professors, I think by the time I'm forty. 
I could cash out and stop working and pay off the gym. That's the game you win. See, I would be, I have zero retirement. That's the game you're going to win. Well, dude, I had zero, I had zero retirement until like three weeks ago. Sure. Yeah, but like in the next, I've got to, I've got to get the thing that gets me on track because by 50, you're going to be winning. Well, I mean, if you're looking long term, you are, you're winning the race between the two of us because I'm starting at zero and you have things, even though you're, you're in the negatives. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, I, I like. Here's the thing, like, just through my business, because we're built, we're building another building right now. A second location. It's, it's just no, it's, it's on, no, it's it's gonna be like our current building, how it's like rectangularly orientated, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna put a building next to it that just houses our fitness, kickboxing, and yoga, okay. massage studio. So you're expanding. Yes, yeah. it's gonna be sixty by sixty, um, whereas our current one is forty by hundred. The current one will only have kids and adult martial arts classes, but we'll be able to start running kids and adult classes at the same time. Right. Right now we run two classes at a time. We'll be able to start running three. So, be like, hey, yeah, we're having a yoga while we have a, a kids sure. martial arts class while we're having adult BJJ. So be Are good. you getting that kind of uh, traffic to where it's like you need to expand oh, yeah, like that? Dude. Is Holy it crazy? Shit. Yes. Don't if yeah if you don't buy in the evening, there's no place to park. We were looking at the four lots in front of us. It's like to like maybe build a strip mall or something, mm-hmm. and like either sell our lot off or rent our space to somebody. And all four lots in front of us been vacant for like seven, eight, however many years sold. So now we're looking at the block that we're in line with. There's rent houses and stuff for sale on there, and yeah. like my dad is going to retire sometime soon. I've been trying to talk him into it for a long time, man, because like. I'm trying to get on another plan with like me and Colby and my dad and Cora and uh, to where we start accumulating rentals. Yeah. yeah. So. More assets, man. Well, assets, yes, but like also um, passive income. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's where it's at, right? Like, see, so like for me, in a way, like, not, I mean, it's the gym's a poor analogy, but I do have. A little bit of passive income coming in. I mean, but at I some want, point you could step away from the gym if you wanted to, but that's well, not, I only teach—I really only do. teach adults now. I don't teach I, like I'm unless I want to or unless I like somebody's out of town. I don't teach morning or noon classes. I go in at four forty-five on Tuesday, Thursday until eight, and I go in at five forty-five on Monday, Wednesday until seven thirty. So, uh, whereas Cora's there in at the noon time. Um, it's so funny. I just realized I was at Lowe's and I had a note of stuff I was supposed to buy. And I was like, what on earth does door cover mean? Did you see how the, see on the wall right there? Oh. Yeah. Ah. That's what door That's, cover means. Were that in Dude, I was walking around Lowe's for 20 minutes <laughs> like, Brian, like, cover? what does door cover mean? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Should have put a knob, sorry. ADD moment, bro. No, it's fine. Yeah, I like how there is like the little lock <laughs> thing is the indent and your your drywall. Yeah. It's fantastic. What do you think about the whiskey barrel? Uh, I'd like it. Is it an actual whiskey barrel? Yep. Yep. It's actually, I think it's a Heaven Hill. It's not like a Jack Daniels or anything. Jack Daniels are like 250 or something. I paid like 175 or something for this. Um, but so, so here's what, here's what, like, I'm going to get the recliners in here, right? Right. But eventually, 
I'm going to get like a little glass tabletop to go on top of this. Oh, sure. And four bar stools. Right? I may actually like, I don't ever want to have a conventional dining table in my house. Like sure. we may do something like this out there next to our little uh, hammock swing thing mm-hmm. we got. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's like, if I want to have a pod, like if, like right now in here, I'm only going to be set up to do two people podcasts. You could have a Good Morning America type morning show. You know, I, th- Bring I thought... Bring four stools. And yeah, yeah, exactly. See, exactly. So, like, what I'm thinking is, like, you know, slide the whiskey barrel to the center of the room, put the glass on top of it, pull, pull the four bar stools in, and then we just set that, this mic right here in the middle. Sure. Like, this is actually Joe Rogan pod- does, like, he's done two mobile podcasts. He's this same mic and this same recorder. So, you know, like that's like the only things that I'm not doing that I'm still chasing is live broadcast and then um, screen capture. But like Moralton, my studio I have set up there, I have two monitors. Um, They've put software. I have a very nice computer. I got to get my Mac redone, man. It's it's, it's old. And we just bought a new one, but it's for the business. Sure. So I'm just going to get mine Strip down so I can use it mostly for video editing. Right. Well, and when you like singularly purpose it, it'll run. For sure. For sure. You should. Uh, you should do uh, on top of all your multiple podcasts. You should like pull out like a therapy session thing where you just pull someone in here and have them talk about their life and just like work through. Bro, what do you think I'm doing right now? You're here to listen to my problems. I know. Okay. I know. I listen to you yours should, too. You should have guests on some, that talk sometimes. Like just get like a little couch. Yeah, I, we thought about putting the couch over there, but I've got this record player, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stain it to match this, and it's gonna look so good. You should put that in front of this window. Hide like, the you know, light. You know. Well, see, so. Make it dark in here. Oh, put see. put the seating area in that. In that see corner. which um. Let's rearrange this entire uh, room right now. See which curtains you like the best. That's a. No. Uh, no. I'm okay with that one. So you got kind of like. Bandana patterns. Yeah. I, I do like those a lot too. Like Brad Paisley? No, no, no. That's the designs. See, like, I, I want like three themes going on in here. Sure. Uh, like, like Southern, Western, and Southwestern. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, mm-hmm. like think like uh, almost like Aztec, Mayan sort Texas, of Texas, New Mexico. Culture, or... like with all the skulls and stuff. And then like, yeah, Arizona. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so we got a little Mr. Indian over there. We got the boots. We got a peace pipe up here with the Red Rider BB gun. Yeah, the uh, coonskin hat. Yeah, I had that since I was a little kid, dude. Um, I got that at Magic Springs when I was like five years old. Excellent. You've got a folded up American flag. That's my grandpa's. Uh, the, is it the one for like from his funeral? Um. Or is it just his flag? It's just his. It's the I one see. he raised up on his pole all the time. I see. Yeah. So this this bookcase here came it used to be a gun cabinet that oh. my grandpa my dad's dad made for him okay and then we turned it into um, a, bookshelf. a bookshelf it has a secret compartment on it i'm not going to tell you where yeah obviously we're not on camera so you know uh-huh. uh but uh-huh. ooh, gold then um, <laughs> my grandpa whose flag that was um who's also passed away. He's the guy I did uh, the documentary project on in school. Oh, I yeah, bet you yeah, remember. Yeah. 
um, he uh, left uh, left me his gun cabinet, and it, we turned it into a bookshelf as well, and they match. Right, velvet but there are guns in the house, so don't so don't. There's guns everywhere in the house. Okay, come just break it in here. Dude, okay, so we we were at um, me and Colby and Cora and a couple other friends of ours were seeing widespread panic in Nashville outside mm -hmm. show three nights, and some like kind of overweight dude came like bumbling along it's like during the intermission of the show hadn't started and he was way beyond just fucked up I mean like dude was gone and he stepped on Cora's leg and Colby everybody was sitting down so as soon as he stepped on Cora's leg I started to stand up I was like are you okay because I didn't know what this dude was doing walking through because we had like a tapestry out like kind of like a little pallet type thing and he just like walked across the middle of our stuff you know yeah and um, then he fell on Colby on Colby yeah and I jerked that dude up by the literal seat of his pants <laughs> and I had him and I was about to toss him off this little ledge and um, I probably would have got kicked out for that but I was like, dude, you have fucked with the wrong jujitsu belt. <laughs> like, dude, I mean, dude, it jacked my adrenaline up because he was like, he was gone, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, are you like going to be super like crazy to deal with? What is yeah, going you don't on? Know what kind of situation Cause, you're doing. Cause I had him and I said, keep walking. And he's all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, but dude, I was, hey dude, it, it jacked me up immediately because like, because like, it, well, it went from him stepping on court to falling on Colby and I was just like, I really, really like both these people, dude. And you just hurt both of them and I'm not happy about not it. Not happy about it. But, but uh, but yeah, no, the moral of the story where it was like, yeah. Any, there's plenty of guns around here if anybody tries to break in. Right, yeah. Dude, the other night my dog just got trapped by the cats and they were like mean mugging him and stuff and um, he gets scared and starts barking. So like, dude, two nights in a row he was doing that. Turns out they were just in here glaring at him while he's in the living room. He's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, dude, so like I get up with the 380 just like looking. PP7 James Bond, Golden Eye style dude. And come to find out, he's just like, I'm trapped in the bathroom. Please get me out of here. They won't let me move. <laughs> Dude, those cats just, just freaking troll him, man. Just eat the cats. I know. He just wants to lick him and sniff their butt, dude. I, I hosed a cat the other day. It was the best thing. Like, just chew that in the backyard. And I had a hose. And it just was it your cat? Out of my, no, it was my, I don't own a cat. Screw cats. No offense to cats. They are so pretentious, dude. But cats so are pretentious. dicks. And they should all live out in the wild where they belong. That way they know that they're not all that. Well, you know, I mean, they were worshipped in ancient Egypt. For all the cat lovers listening, I don't care about your cat. Don't let it come near me. I will push it away from me. And the only reason I don't kick it away from me is because I have respect for the human who owns it. What about Mrs. Kitty? Who? Mrs. Kitty. Who? <laughs> My Siamese cat. No. Oh, see, I won't kick your cat. The skinnier of the two. Like, and the, definitely the most pretentious. Her, her figure isn't taken into account. It's her species. Well, <laughs> our other cat, Winnie, we just call her Wayne now. <laughs> she identifies with Wayne. I see. Yeah, she's a gender fluid cat. I see. When you take her to the vet, though, does, it, does he treat her like a female cat or a male cat? 
you know, she doesn't get to go to the vet very often. We just take her and we're like, our cat's super fat and we think she has some fat tumors on her or something. And she's weird and meows all the time. They're like, she's just a fat house cat. So I'm like, okay, we're not breeding her back here anymore. Ever. Yeah. Dude, it's so awesome you got your student loans paid off, too. Like, it was it was big. It was like, for me. you know what? Like that was a very what that's a good strategy to take. I'm gonna tell you, you've I, taken a good strategy. Um, you know, I thought I was a complicated person, but it turns out as I've gotten older, I'm just really like a I'm almost like a blunt instrument. Like I well, have to do one thing at a time. Dude, I'll say this. Could be seeing as I've known you for a long time, and there even times when you and CJ rode to school with me. <laughs> Remember those days it in the big brown happen. van? It may have um, but it's like, dude, I told Cora this last night because like, she has to deal with a lot because like, I'm a super complex individual. Like, I'm like, no, I got to do this podcast. Like, I'm not going to be a happy person unless I get to do this. Uh, oh, I got to play music. Oh, I got to be a history professor. Oh, I got to own the, the best martial arts gym. Oh, I got to get this black belt. Oh, I got I got this goal. I need to publish this paper. Uh, I need to make this happened. I want three studios, not one. One's not enough. I want to be able to record music. When are we going to start a band? Like, it's just, you know, it's like I'm always just like, but here's the thing, everything I just said, like, and like what I'll try to give to people is that's like, those are all my passions. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think, I think I'm, I think I had a lot of ideas about wanting to be complex and have a lot of things and it turned, I think when I was growing up, and going to college, like the thing I loved the most was being with people and around people who had passions. Turns out people who have passions don't really find a lot of value in passionless people. <laughs> so me hanging out in the same room is kind of difficult uh, for a lot of people. And I've just, I've just lost a lot of people. They've moved and gone somewhere else. And so, you know, searching for the things that, that I want to do regardless of who I'm around has been See, very difficult. And it's only like one or two things. I think know? so many people get hung up on like trying to follow some someone else's traditional model. Sure. I t- like that's some of the things um, I tell because like I talk to so many lost and depressed like 19 to 23 year old people that think they have to have all the answers and I'm like hey you don't. Right. Well, every time I start to feel that way, every time I'm like, man, I'm just not adding up to whatever the thing is, I just think, I'll just leave at some point. You know, like, if this doesn't work out, I'll just move to Georgia, and I mean the country, not the, not the state, and I'll, I'll figure something else out. I'll learn a new language somewhere. I'll go do something Dude, else. you mentioned this. Like, I think you teaching a foreign language would be such a If I knew language. a foreign language... No, no, I mean, actually, I phrased that wrong. You teaching English to, like, Chinese or Japanese people. That sounds like fun to me. And it pays extremely well. It pays okay. Well, it it pays probably, if I'm not mistaken, last time I checked, you would make what I'm making doing overloads and teaching summer and all that shit in Walton. You might not get the same benefits with your salary. Right. But, bro, I'm going to tell you, too, like... I mean, Cora and I do good at the gym. That's all we've been doing for the last five years. Both of us are sole income. It got us this house and all these other things. You know, it's a slow trickle or whatever, but we've almost remodeled the entire house. Right. Like, that floor I showed you in there, we just have to put floors in the bathroom here. Yeah. 
in our bedroom and we've put all new floors in the house. The house looks nice. You guys are planning to be here for a while apparently. Yeah, or like even when we sell it, you know, we want it to we want to have great resale value. Like unlike the people who owned it before us, like we're investing in the property. Like I bought this for my sister in law and they rented it to like their brother and sister in law before we bought it. Mm -hmm. And they trashed it. Like when I when we bought it, both the toilets were out. They had this weird thing set up with the water hose that caused all this undue pressure because there's already water pressure issues. I had to have a water pressure regulator installed because when I fixed, they had the water hose turned on all the time, paying like eighty dollar water bills. So yeah, so what they did is the water hose is under the deck, so they ran a water hose to the deck and installed this little thing to where, but then they just turned on so at all times water was running. Uh -huh. It was just open. Yeah. Right, so bump that and the running toilets bumped their water bill up like eighty bucks, and they never said anything about it. But also, like so, like once I got ahead of that and fixed it, I had to come back in and install this pressure regulator, and it almost blew my hot water heater, and I got a water leak right now. Like, and it's all due to these idiot renters. Right. And it and two like that's like I was talking to you about like, dude, I am getting into the rental business within the next little bit and then I you know there's a there's a house turning into shit right across the street from my parents house and I would buy it in a heartbeat if I thought I could flip it and it and make and it become passive income within the next five years or so I just don't see myself being able to do it dude I'm talking like I'm talking like 30 day flips Cora's grandpa made his millions flipping houses and has been telling me his process forever and I'm trying This house has just like been left no one's lived in it in more than twenty years and the current owner it was her dad's house and it she just doesn't do anything. There's problems new problems happen every day. There's the holes in the roof, there's holes in the ceilings, there's you know, there's probably creatures living in the in the attic for sure. You know, it gets yeah, broken into all the time by by people who are looking for a place to play well. Yeah, exactly. And it, somebody just needs to buy and fix it. Like, it, it breaks my heart because it's a, it's a beautiful house. And it's prime real estate, if I do say so myself. Uh, right across the street from where I grew up. So... I'd Dude, that's why I'm looking I'm looking for stuff and like, like that. And like around the UFO, like the U... People missed out so hard because the U of O just bought up tons of real estate from like personal owner, like personal citizens, and just started building housing when that entire neighborhood should have just been the other day. cashing in on. Oh look, I own a house. I will renovate it and rent it out to, to students, students forever. I will actually lease it to the college. How about that? That way you can roll it into your blah blah blah. How about that? But uh, yeah. I think I think there was many benefits that Clarksville missed out on by not being ahead of the curve with that college blowing up the way that it has. Yeah, yeah. See, that's another thing I thought about. It's like if I, you know, like I teach history because I want to, but like, I, if I ever do scale back the full time, which like it's not going to be any time for now. I'm going to do this full time dude for probably about ten years. That's my plan. Um, I could scale back. I mean, I know people that adjunct at U of O Tech and Moralton. Oh, yeah, just make the rounds, huh? I know people that do it at, like, UCA, Moralton, and Tech. Oh, yeah? So, like, there's a guy named Dr. Flowers at our um, university. He knows Dr. DeBike and Dr. Dykema. Uh, and 
Dude, I so wish I would have had history of Christianity too. You asshole. I know. You had, you took all the classes that I did not get to take that I wanted to take. You just gotta be. I bet you took contemporary philosophy too, didn't you? Contemporary with Charles P. Dude, I took all of Bush's classes. Contemporary philosophy every, is the only class I did not get to. Every take. class he offered, I took. I want to say it's contemporary. I took ancient, medieval, modern. For your information, philosophy all religion. nine of them. I took all nine. Okay, see, so I had nine, but one of them was a special problems. Remember when I did that oh, special problem like contemporary moral issues? I did. Uh, I did Soren Kierkegaard. Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I think we did the same semester. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I see Dr. Bush occasionally in the coffee house, and last time I saw him, he goes, Brian, if there's anything I can do for you, I'm like, dude, I want you to be on the podcast. I'm like, holy crap. I need to hear about your green bread knife instructing that day. In here. I will eventually, man. Like, right, bro, I got to get recliners for you. And you, you bring me in. I'll sit in the corner, and I won't say a word. I'll just stare at you. Remember, remember like when... How's, how's his... She's good lord. She's got to be twenty something now. He has three daughters, dude. But the his youngest, youngest one, his no, youngest is she's like at twelve when we were. In yeah, no, nah, she's like I want to say getting married or something. What? Somebody just told me the other day. She like walked in the class one day and she's like she walks up to the board and like she says, "Okay, today we're gonna talk about Aristotle." She's like twelve. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like ten to twelve, and we're all like, "Wait, what?" And then he walks in. No, no, no. It was, you know, it was one of those cheap laughs, but it was, it was hilarious. And like, ah, she just had the day off from school or something, so she's sitting up front the whole time. Yeah, he, I remember you him taking, he with her, taking like, her to the junior high and stuff um, when, uh, when we were there. Man, I was so, so that Bush is gone. Krieger retired. Then a few years later, Bush retired. Um, yeah. Dude, they're so... Can I confess something? I think I would love to be a professor. It's just, I need someone to hold my hand through like the first, I don't know, let's say two months or a month. You just have somebody hold my hand. Fortunately, I got this guy named Michael Booty and like we go to concerts and stuff together. He's an English guy. He's taught there for 20 years. I trained his kids in martial arts. And he has been such a great mentor to me, dude. Like, just in, like, the... Physically, someone just hold my hand through, like, two or three classes and, like, just... And then just kind of push me, like, like riding a bike. Like, uh. Dude, and like... I could probably do it. It'd be no problem. Like, he and I, so many times, like, dude, I was stressing out a couple weeks ago. And, like, he came over by my office or, like, met me down by my car. Like, we're about leaving at the same time. He works in a different building. Dude just gave me a big old hug or I gave him a big old hug, whatever. And, uh... I was like, dude, thanks. It's so good to see you, bro. <laughs> like, just just seeing a friendly face, getting me through, you know. Because I mean, it, it. What I tell people, it's like I got the extra class and the committee work and like all the student interactions and go in the schedule. I don't like going straight from the university to the gym a couple of days a week. It's straight there, and it's, yeah. you know, it's a lot. So, but man, you know what? I'm, I'm really just like anyone else that has a new routine. Yeah. New routines are hard. Yeah. And that's the number one thing I tell my students because that I empathize with them is because, and the number one thing I remember being hard about college is that it was a new routine every semester well, I think until you I, figure out how to be a professional student. If I transitioned immediately, but as soon as I got done with my master's, I was just so done reading things. I was just so done, like, having, not class discussions, I will sit in a class, and if you want me to lead a class discussion in, in, 
you know, in, uh, put put forth content that is valuable, then I'm in. But like, as far as like reading things and doing research, I was just so burned at that point. Dude, I got really. I'll tell you one thing. I got really good at in grad school was um, writing book reviews. Man, I but I never read all the books and I teach all like like Jeff Woods and some other professors really taught me how to skim skim yeah skimming's where it's at for sure I once I once did a book review during my masters and it was over the book uh, A Black Liberation Theology by James Cone I turned that that paper in three days late and you're supposed to lose a letter grade for each day late well I got an A um, my professor's like, this was too good to give anything other than an A. Dude, isn't it fun? Like, I just did all my grading. And my... That's, like, more important to me. That that note and that paper is more important to me than my entire degree. <laughs> like, so I just... Like, I do these... on All my homework's on Biteboard. And I do these one to three paragraph assignments. And if it's, at like, more of a, like, a broader end of a chapter type deal, conclusionary, mm-hmm. I do a three to five paragraph response. One of my students wrote like the perfect response. It was five paragraphs. I could tell it was not plagiarized. And it's 10 points, right? And like, so like when people are like, and I'm like, it can't be more than five sentences. But he wrote five paragraphs? Yeah, so like my, my step for them is, is like the one to three paragraph assignments, each paragraph has to be three to five sentences. If it's two sentences, no. If it's six sentences, no. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, you will say the facts. And I'm like, and if you have to go to a sixth sentence and it's a transitional sentence, I'm good with that. But right. if you were smart, you could just use that as the first sentence of your next. Right. You know, so anyway, that uh, that has worked out really well in getting them to manage small bodies information. Yeah, just structural stuff like that helps shape the way that people think or at least get them to be able to think correctly. I gave correctly, I gave everybody slicely. that did five paragraphs eleven out of ten. Nice. Because if they if because dude, I'm just big on following instructions. Right. And then the people too that did like like let's say the one to three paragraphs and they wrote like one three sentence paragraph, I was like, this is too basic way too basic right. you know these sentences contain five words <laughs> like, right. but so but it's well, interesting you, you, you could pack in all the information into just three most eloquently written sentences like part of the point of the of the assignment is to be able to communicate clearly and so the issue that i've always had is that i can concisely put forth ideas and arguments but then 97% of the time, someone's going to read it and have no idea what I said. All the information is there, and I know exactly what it says, and like three people in the world will be like, yes. But everyone else will be like, I have this, you know, they'll either misunderstand and go off on a tangent, or they'll be like, I have no idea what you I got, I got a friend like that. Like, he's trained in like other areas. Not like academia. Well, he's like, he's a massage therapist, you okay. know? So, like, sometimes, like, when I'm going to, like, go off on a tangent, I have to give a brief history lesson. Sure. People got to know the context. Yeah, yeah. So, like, but, like, some, some, like, when some people outside of, like, I don't know, the fields of arts and humanities don't give me that little brief tune-up of what they're talking about, I'm like, yeah, I'm so lost right now. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's interesting how that's shaped the way that I think and process information, which is why I think everyone should have a history degree. You can do whatever you want. Well, Cora ended up with a history degree, right? Who? Cora. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she got a double degree in history and uh, communication theater. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Communication theater? Well, so the community, she got, it was communications degree with a theater option. Oh. You remember? Like, option. Yeah, so like you can't get an actual degree in theater. But like you can get the communications degree tailored towards theater, theater or tailored towards journalism, or oh, ta- you know. So she went the theater. Yeah. I think Jeremy did the journalism one. Dude, what's Jeremy been up to? Uh, he works for the state, human resources, something or other. He trains people to work for DHS or something or other. I don't know. He works in Little Rock. Do you like it? No, I don't. He actually does, but it's that's a job. A, that's the most important thing, bro. Whatever you do. I think that he's actually way more preoccupied with his family, and I think that's been true ever since he met his wife and then started a family. Like that's been the core of his like happiness and like. Some joy. some people they just they have to have that, dude. Yeah, that's what they. I want. think he could do literally anything at this point and just be fine with it. I don't think he cares too much about the job. See, like, I'm just I'm too to much, way too much of a little bitch to like. You are. Yeah, dude, because, like, I've been in a couple no, I, of I am too. situations where I was, like, unhappily unhappily working or whatnot, mm-hmm. and I was such a little bitch about it. Yeah, my bosses will never hear this, so I can take this. I, uh, man, for last spring and summer, it was fine, because I really was like, okay, I'm here, I'm supposed to be at home for a year and a half or two, and I want to spend time with mom and dad, but really, the last six months, man, I have just, there have been days where I get in, and... 20 minutes into work or maybe from the moment I wake up I I have that like suffocating hot claustrophobic I gotta get the hell out of here feeling and the only thing that keeps me from running is like my the rational brain kicks in and says okay you're gonna take a time out we're just going to stop thinking and just do what we have to do today and but I I will spend I've had six hours of that before and I don't know if it's like anxiety what you want to label it but that's been my job, and my job's not terrible. My bosses are fantastic people. Where are you? What shop are you working at? Uh, well, it's called Hearst Welding, so hopefully that gets back to them. That they're the most fantastic bosses that anyone can have. They're like so flexible with me. Like they let me go off and have a heart attack in California. They let me take off for a month and you know go to Jerusalem and the UK. They let me take off three weeks to not hike the Highland Trail because I hurt my knee two days into it. I, you know, stuff like that. They, they're always like, hey, can I have this? Yeah, sure, whatever. That is true. And that's important for morale. It's, it's a fantastic job. It's just, it's not what I want to do. And so, like, I get in and my, it's been great to have to, like, beat my will into submission to something. It's like, no, you have to do this. You have to go to work and... I think it's been feeding my soul, like, okay, let's find a job we like. Let's, which I think some people go through when they're 20, you know, and they don't go to college, and they're like, I hate working at this factory or this grocery store. i got to find something else. And it either drives them to education or to find a better job. I think that's what I'm going through now, again, in my newborn, you know, like, it's like I'm 18 again for some reason, financially and otherwise. But, uh, yeah, some days are terrible, and it has nothing to do with the job. It just has to do with my soul not wanting to be there you know it's none of this stuff 
feeds my soul. You know? See, yeah, that's like back to the pa- the passion nice. thing for me too. It's I'm like I feel so much more purpose in all the things I do because I and I always like pre pretext that too with like when I'm telling people these things, I'm like, yes, follow your passions. I follow my passions, and look at me, look at all I'm doing. But at the same time, I'm like. Now, don't you think I'm not being a miserable, stressed-out motherfucker sometimes? Yeah, pretty much. Because I, you know, Tuesday. like, there's there's no way that you can go... Yeah. Th- it, it's just the way it is. It's yeah. the virtue of... What, like, uh, this job in Conway, or if I were to try and apply at Moralton, like, I'd be a wreck. Like, I'm a, I'm a common nervous wreck. Are they going to accept me? Am I going to get the job? Am I going to be good enough for the job? Am I going to let them down? Like... It's anything that's new, even if you've dreamt about it, and it's like, man, I would love to do that. Getting the reins, and some people might be wired differently, but for me, anything new like that, I'm just a nervous wreck because I'm maybe insecure about myself or whatever it is. I, I know that giving me 30 minutes in it, like public speaking, you give me five minutes into public speaking, I'm, an, I'm there. This is my living room. I live here now. That's why but you got to be a face-to-face minutes, face lecture, man. Well... That's why, like, I wanted to do online classes. Moralton's sure. not about that life. Not about but, um... It's about I, being prepared for the lecture, right? So, I don't do too great research on my own. I love getting together with people and discussing stuff and then coming and presenting something, you know, that, like, I've talked to in conversation with other people. But that's, you know, my best lectures or my best presentations are things that are in my bones already. There are things that I've had conversations over drinks and food and I've ranted about four different ways and then I'm like no okay so this is this is the core of it I've, I've gone back and rethought it all out it's like okay this is I, you know I probably have seven or eight things in, in my repertoire that I could go and, and talk about that I've really mulled over to a certain extent that's what's intimidating to me is like I can't go through that process every lecture <laughs> for every lecture you know yeah, dude, there's some, like, I've noticed that, but, like, Civ 2, like, it's, like, my third semester teaching it. Yeah. And it's, I'm not able to make as many changes this semester as I want, but, oh, man, I figured out how I'm going to get them. So, like, I, I I don't have any time to make PowerPoints, dude. Right. Like, I work the whole six hours on there every day. But, um, I'm going to make the students make PowerPoints next semester Jeez. for a grade. And, then you just and I'm going to get parts. real particular about what I want. I'm going to say, I want these key terms. I want you to pull an image from your textbook. It's open access on the internet. And you're going to make this PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to divide it up. Like, I'm going to, like, give them, like, ten key terms. And, like, you know, all I want is a, a slide with key terms. Sure. And then four well, pictures. Well, and then another like slide. Our what we're going to do is this assignment and then you know for the next four years they're using your essay as the example or your no, whatever you know. yeah 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 nothing wrong with that dude how's that how's dr tarver doing man uh, i think he's i think he's okay i think they listen to parts of your podcast um interesting yeah that might that might be a thing um i'm not sure how far they get into your podcast but. yeah like i um I, t- I talked to him a while back because I was just like going through some like moments of clarity type deal about like people who are important to me and all this which Dr. Tarver is super important to me man yeah. I, I really love that guy and so like <clears throat> I contacted him and I was like hey 
you know, I still feel super bad about the way things shook out with Dr. Gleason. So, How did things shake out with Dr. Gleason? Horribly. Between you and her? Yeah. Oh, what would you oh. do? That's not a person you want to piss off. <laughs> oh, I know. But uh, the thing is, it's like the way she handled it in my mind turned more of the people there against her than me. Like, because, yeah, remember I was working through the, for the K-12 initiative. Mm-hmm. I was through the dean's office, but she was, like, all the money behind it. Yeah. And I, I produced 156 DVDs or whatever, which she took all the credit for at the end of one academic year, by the way, when literally she had absolutely nothing to do with it. Sure, um, sure. I mean, literally, I filmed them, I edited them, I uploaded yeah, them, I made the database, and I never even got a nod. But when I started transitioning out of working for her um, and, and was going to go full-time at the gym, she was mad that I was going to be not working for her. So she started really, like, tightening the reins down. Like, she sent an email out to all the professors. Remember I had that little office next to Dean's office? Mm-hmm, yeah. Sent an email to, out to all the professors telling them not to talk to me because I was working and I was busy. And it was like, but the thing about that is, like, the way they had it set up, it's not like this. Like, it was a like if I filmed somebody, I had to plug the camera and the little mini tape into the computer by FireWire in real time upload the video. Mm-hmm. So if we did a one hour film session, it took one hour to upload. So I was always working on my thesis, which I completed by the way, and knocked it out of the water. I didn't have to take the comms exam or nice. anything. And I even had to take a semester off to have that hernia surgery. Yeah. But um, one day I went down to talk to Jeff Woods, who was my thesis advisor at the time before he became dean. And um, yeah. I was down there and I was walking out of the history department and I was about to leave because it was close to the end of my shift. Film was uploading in the, in the office. And Dr. Gleason, I guess, had come down there to say something and realized I was like down in the department, you yeah. know. And she's like, well, you're just going to have to work on your thesis on your own time. And I was like, well, you know, Dr. Cleese, I'm a, I, I've, I, you know, by definition, I'm allowed to do that here. And yeah. part, part of my job is I get to work on my, my studies. Yeah. And, you know, when I leave here, I go. Is it a work study position? Well, it was a, it was a, I was a graduate assistant oh, right, for yeah. the dean. Yeah. Which is, I mean, basically a student yeah. worker. Yeah, you've, you been, you've been assigned to this thing, but like. Yeah, so I was working on a project, but like, you know, like I was also working on my master's thesis. And like, I think it all boiled down to her being just upset that I was reliable and wasn't going to be working there. Or maybe she saw that, because I dwindled my hours down first too, because I'm working like 20 hours, I dwindled it down. And she just resented all that. And that day she came in, I was like, it was like 10 or 15 minutes, so I was about to leave. And I was telling Cora I was going to go back down and wrap some stuff up. she walked in and like started like right there in front of the history desk started kind of chewing on me like like that bitching at me basically and told me I couldn't work on my thesis anymore and then told me that she was my boss and I was like no Dr. Tarver's my boss and I've done nothing but work super hard for you and I don't deserve it. and she's like she then she she was talking in a super shitty tone to me mm-hmm. and I kind of got a little bit of a tone back and then she called me out on having a tone with her and I was like I quit I'm done I'm done being under your thumb right. and she was also that professor too that was always like 
oh, here, let me pay you a little cash under the table for doing this extra, blah, blah, blah. And I always turned it down. Always. And she would always, like, make me take it or give it to Dr. Tarver. So things just turned out horribly. I wrote this little apology letter and put it in her mailbox after the fact and everything. Because, like, I called, I, like, walked out and called Tarver, and I was like, I just quit. Dr. Gleason and I just had an argument. And, she flipped out and I flipped out and I'm never talking to her again. <laughs> and he was like, please come back and finish this project, blah, blah, blah. Because yeah. I'd been training other people to do what I'd been doing, you know. Yeah. And But, like, I just never felt good about the way things turned out. And I contacted Dr. Tarver and I'm like, this is pretty much, like, one of the only things I have on my conscience that's not fixed. Yeah, that's rough, man. I mean, and what and he, gave, he gave me some words of wisdom, but then basically told me that Dr. Gleason was not going to give me an audience to accept my apology in person. Yeah. So. That's fine. Yeah, it is. Because I mean, she, she'll live with the hate, not me. Yeah, what do, you, what do you do, though? Like, when someone's like, someone who's obviously in a position higher than you starts taking that tone, and you're like, bitch. You know, like, what... Who are you to talk to me this? So you really do have to play that. You do have to be the bigger guy and just be like, okay. And then you walk to the well, person. What was so them. funny is I was like, I was literally say, ten, what just ten days away from being out of there, you know. <laughs> and I was just like, I was miserable because, like, I wanted to already be out of there. The gym had already become so big, and I was already so busy with that that's like. I had to be out of there to do the gym full time, you know. It's just that's the phase I was in, and she really resented that. She's mad that I wasn't going to be working for her anymore, and because like I, I just I think I did so much, and maybe all this is my interpretation of it. Yeah, I don't know why she'd be mad. I don't know why. Well, because she just she did not want me to stop working she for the K twelve initiative. Well, just she'd have to deal with other students, like the other students that were in there doing it didn't do as good of a job, and they were you know, different, and yeah. she and I had a lot of rapport, but man, I just like, I always like, at first I was mad, you know, so I was like, I'm not, I'm not apologizing to her, and I went down to Dr. Moses one time, huh. and like, I needed one class in grad school to graduate, and it was going to just be like a special problems or whatever, and he refused to, refused to work with me over it. And I was like, that's fine. I don't like you anyway. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're mean. So, okay, no big deal. But, you know, I did. I wrote her, like, a little apology letter and stuck it in her mailbox, like, before I got out of there. And, you know, I was just like... Moses turned you down because you and Gleason had a Because we had a dispute, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you can't... I mean, that's... Academia is this big, nepotistic... Well, here's the thing, though, like, and I will say this, and I hope this gets back to some of these people, is, like, Diane Gleason talks shit about every single person we ever filmed. (laughs) And that was another thing that bothered me, and I brought up to Tarver, is it's like, look, I've had to get carted to the energy building to film with her while she smokes cigarettes. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I've had to listen to her down everybody I care about within the department, yourself included, and talk about what a shitty researcher or lecturer you are and how she would do things better. And it's like, it was an everyday thing. It was just constant pessimism and negativity. And she was like that. Yeah. You know? You You wouldn't like meeting the woman. You wouldn't think that. You would. She's, she's just got the nicest, most southern genteel demeanor. That, 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 there's that side too. Yeah. You know? 
So it was. It was. In matter of fact, and like you, you respect the woman Did it? Yeah, yeah exactly. But in, I guess it's behind the scenes. I remember one time we were filming um, Jeff Woods, and he misspoke. Right. And we definitely did need to cut cut it off. I could have edited it out. It was no big deal. He accidentally said like World War Two instead of Vietnam or something like that. Sure. Like, like he just misspoke, and she stopped him. And we've started over, and he was just like, oh, sorry about that. Wow, I did. Weird. At the time, that was her boss. Yeah. And the shit that she said about him after the fact yeah. really upset me. Well, Jeff Woods is still training with me at my gym as a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, but it's like, it was that kind of stuff, you yeah. know? And it was like, two, it was like, oh, hey, you know. Well, I would, I would... I would shit can you too if you were going to leave and I thought I wasn't going to have any power over you and you have all this crap that I've said about people. Well, <laughs> see, know? the thing is, is like on the books, I really did work for Dr. Tarver. Yeah, I mean, you know, for the dean's office. I was, I was Dr. Tarver's graduate assistant and he, because the budget had to be paid through his, like, what it, it just, right. how they had it set up on paper, whatever, but, you know, it's like. Well, you use that to your advantage. You say, like, you get to use that as a shield and be like, look, you're not actually my boss. This is my boss. And so if you'd like, if you're not happy with what I'm doing, you can go ask him. That's basically how it went down. And as soon as I said that, she just lost her shit. Yeah. And, you know, I just, dude, I, I like, Dr. Tarver did more for me than anyone, man. And, yeah. like, every time I think about it, it almost makes me a little emotional. Like, I could really love that dude. Like, bro, like, I mean, there are times, like, I would not have eaten lunch, you know, if that dude wasn't like, what are we having for lunch today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like, I'd walk over to Witch Witch or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, like, that dude took care of me. And I know yeah. he took care of you, too, dude. Yeah, similar. And I don't know why. I don't know what he saw in us. Yeah, I like that guy. And I don't know why, too. Like, I always felt like, like, him and Woods both, like, with you know Woods just like hated the way everything went down with that uh, like I mean he wasn't there when she came and talked to you no but he knew about all of it and he made a comment once that made me feel better about it It was just like look you know that that was wrong (laughs) like and I but it you know like I I was younger and I handled it incorrectly I was a little disrespectful and like what I told Tarver's I said hey you know, maybe maybe then I made some excuses for that, and you know, I, I feel bad, and I just want to get it off my conscience. And he gave me the greatest advice. She's like ever. twice your age. I don't think you were the one needing to be. I mean, like you're an adult, so you got to be an adult. But like in the situation, you're not. The social expectation is not for you to be the most mature one there. Oh, I know. Dude. You know, like. Well, Doctor Tar, I, I always just want to pull it up and read it to you. But man, he gave me some of the greatest life advice. Yeah. At that time, because I messaged him, he goes, Brian, I'm going to look into this based off any correspondence I had when I look back at my email from that time. I don't think that Dr. Gleason is going to want to talk to you at all. And I was like, okay. And then he goes, but, he goes, you know, the place where you're at right now, yeah. messaging me about this, he's like, trust me that that's good enough that and and kind of what I told him is it's like you know like I'm not expecting anything out of this you know like Uh, other other than me feeling like I carry less of a burden because man just a while back like I kind of realized I was like okay 
I want to do, like I've, I've superseded and accomplished all my goals. I accomplished way more than I was set out to accomplish before I was 30. And now I'm playing in my next five and 10 years. And like, I was just like, I cannot carry around some of this hate and baggage and regret. You know, I would say that the majority of the time, since we're in my wheelhouse now, forgiveness has a lot more to do with us letting go of something. See, so that's where I, I was like, I let go of that. And like, so basically. Forgiveness is most of the time more about us. The conversation with Tarver, yeah. even though it was Facebook Messenger, mm -hmm. did more for that than anything. Because I was already at a place where I'd let it go. Yeah. And just knowing whether he did or not, but just knowing that like, if he did go to Gleason and say that I was like, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. made me feel better. But I don't know. I felt like she couldn't get along with anybody for any substantial amount of time. You know, like she did a lot for me, but I just, you know, like I saw her say and be some ways that I just... Isn't, like, isn't that crazy? Like, I don't think people get to see these sides of people, but like you go to school and like your second grade teacher or your professor in college and you... You have this view of them from class, and then you grow up and you find out that she was having an affair, you know, or that she with the Agra teacher. Well, yeah, exactly, something crazy like that. And it's just like, wait a minute, what? Like I know, middle dude. school teachers, grade school teachers, like step out on their wives. That that blows my mind. Like, what do you mean? And they just like working in 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 grade school uh, as a substitute teacher and in that year and then years later finding out that people who I looked up to and respected as, as educators, their personal lives are shit. And I just think, what? <laughs> like, you did what? How? Why? Why would you do that? During the time that I was there, too. So it was kind of, it kind of felt like it was behind my back, but I really had nothing to do with the equation. But you just, it changes the way you... Yeah, everybody makes mistakes, dude. Like, yeah. sometimes, like... I'll say, like, not very... You just expect the adults that were adults when you were a kid to be good adults, and then they end up being shitty adults, and you're like, I don't know how yeah, to function now. You know what's... The bar's so much lower than I thought it was. This, too, so, like, never would I... Like, I, I could see you and I becoming, like, better friends as we grow older, I right? love this bear rug, by the way. I just My foot it. is loving it. I just bought it. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm gonna it turn it. I think I'm going to turn it this way. Like, I'm just sitting here thinking about how I'm going to redo some of these chords after we get done with this podcast. There are no chords. He means there's, there's yes. no chords. What chords? It's very people listening. well put together. Uh, what, do you think of, what do you think of the artwork, man? I love it. I love the artwork. I think you gotta get some more of the artwork on the camera when you're doing these. Yeah, this wall here. So like, I'm thinking about doing a Life Unraveled logo. Yeah. Like a two by two sits off the you wall. You just put like a metal circle and then make different magnets for your different podcasts and just slap the logo for the different Dude, podcasts. Dude, I do. I mean, I am doing five different podcasts yeah. if you think about it. So I'm doing Sports Unraveled, it's like all MMA, Jiu Jitsu, yeah. Boxing, uh, Music Unraveled, Life Unraveled, which is what we're doing right now. After the show, movie and TV show reviews and um, that was for History Unraveled which I haven't did so imagine bro huh if you work at Moralton yeah like just, I have this same setup in my office we could just do History we could podcast all the time I could come in after a lecture and be like listen to this crap it does bro, sound like I mean I'm talking about Darius the Great right now. Not Darius, Darius. Darius. Like, they, I showed him a little mini documentary by this Peter Weller guy I like to listen to. And uh, he was calling him Darius, and I was like, pause. It's pronounced Darius. <laughs> and then, like, uh, too, so somebody's like, 
Yeah, I heard, you know, you call him Tut Mosey, but I heard on a documentary they call him Tut Moses or Tut Mose. And I was like, it's Tut Mosey. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> Don't calm down. you question me. Don't you dare. Yeah. Dude, you know what's crazy is how... Um, and you know, I, I, I love that man, but there's no way that that man, he's like, what, from Tennessee? Memphis. Memphis, right? That's where at least that's where he was before he came here, and then he was here. His Back when he was like, working with El- with Elvis, the movie theater. For sixty years, right? Oh, good Lord. Uh, there's no way that he was pronouncing those those names like accurately. I mean, maybe he was, but like. Dude, okay, so. There's just no way. That one that, of the <laughs> check this out. One of the translations of Mosey or Moses. Yeah. Is either son of or brother of. Hmm. So like tut- this is a translation from Egyptian. Yes. Right. Okay. So, dude, I've been hardcore. As a matter of fact, um, I just got like the like right. I had ate lunch with my mom today. We got some family stuff going on. I was talking to How her. How's your mom? She's she's doing good, man. Okay. Got some drama going on with my sister, and uh, she's getting a divorce. I forget that you have a sister sometimes. Uh, well, you know, I'm not claiming her right now. Well. So. My mother's other child. I'll continue to not have contact with her then. Yeah. Yeah. But um, she brought me like uh, my dad's Bible that he always read to me uh, when I was a kid. Sure. It's like super small print. You can't even see it now anymore. But uh, that and then just like a book of like, like almost like biblical archaeology books. My dad had this set. It's like almost like a biblical archaeology encyclopedia. Yeah. And um, but dude, I, when I was in with Krieger, I did. Um, special problems on the Israelites in Egypt and bro I've been back down that rabbit hole super hard but do you remember how excited we would get like when we'd be in ancient Egypt and then he's like and this could possibly be the time where Joseph enters and then he would go off on the whole Joseph story and then he would come back to the expulsion of the Hyksos and then he'd be like side tangent off on the United Hebrew Monarchy Oh, man. Dude, do you remember that one day where he just did, like, the whole Hebrew monarchy, like, all the way through Rehoboam? I, I just did that, bro. Well, I mean, so, imagine my surprise when I'm talking to Jews, and, and they're completely okay with... Some some rabbi somewhere said something in recent years, slash in the last 60 years, that uh, Moses and the Exodus probably didn't happen, but that's not what's important. And I'm... Like, all my Jewish friends who are rabbis are just okay with this. And I'm just like, I'm wrecked over here. Like, how can you... No, I have, <laughs> I have two theories on that. We've un- you've just unhinged yourself from... Okay, we don't actually have a physical history as a people, but that doesn't matter because the, the fiction that we've created or that someone created for us before is what's bound us for thousands of years, and so that's what's important. I see that. I feel, I, bro, I feel like the expulsion of the Hyksos was the exodus. Could be. Yeah. Or um, there's another possibility that Hatshepsut was the daughter of Pharaoh who was who raised Moses. There's there, that's the only two possible theories. So like Joseph would have had to have come into Egypt in an intermediate period. Yeah. Like so there were six Hyksos kings in that intermediate period. Uh, the very um, 
last one was named a poppy. The first one was named Shesh. This is where you get into like the Kinnaton, right? Where, where like, uh, they start having like... The Kinnaton comes actually later, but there is a theory that... Theories, the, right, because a Kinnaton made everyone very monotheistic. And there's a theory that a Kinnaton was either Moses or Joseph, but it's it, right. it, that that part time lines up much later with... Yeah. Man, I'm so, I'm so fascinated by what we're talking about right now. That's like my, my favorite. Uh, you know like, what I just did. blew my mind because mine's mine's a lot more language centric now. Is like you were talking about Moses or, or Mosey. So like, Tut Mosey the third, the so greatest like, warrior king ever, Hotchet, who took and defied. That would have been Moses's stepbrother. Right, could have been. And the fact that yeah. it's Tut Mosey, and then he just dropped the Tut. Yeah. What? Well, I mean, so his name is Moses, right? And so is Moses is Moshe a loan word from Mitzrayim? Like, that's crazy to me. Mitzrayim being Egypt. Like, is it is is Moses an Egyptian name that gets pulled into because they're they're Moshe's now. Like it, yeah. like little Jewish mo- Moshe's. Maybe we should around. ask our friend Jean Francois Champollion. <laughs> See what Giovanni Belzoni or Sir Flinders Petrie has to say about I'll, it. I'll probably just call one of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Or look it up on the internet. Yeah, nah, but dude, I've been going down these rabbit holes hard. Just look at Wikipedia or something. Persian Empire's happening on Monday. Yeah. Then we're going straight to Alexander. When you when you do Rome, I I haven't done it yet. This is what this is what frustrates me about all all teachings on Rome is that no one talks about the class system in the kingdom during the kingdom period. No one talks about the kingdom period. Everyone just goes straight to Roman Empire or straight to Roman Republic. They mention republic as like some kind of footnote. Ah, oh, it was a republic, and then Caesar, and then we're in the. We're in Are you going to come talk there. about that? I would like to. I guess. That could be your guest lecture talk, dude. Which one? The one talk about the, the early kingdom. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Rome. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, and I bet we could do this. I bet if we can line this up. I mean, it'll be two or three weeks before I get to there. Um, but if you do on a Monday, Wednesday, for example, I have two Civ one sections. One at a um, one at eleven and one at two, mm-hmm. so we could um, hit the first one, maybe go eat some lunch or podcast or something like that. I and would I would love that. There's a few things like that make me nervous. One, as always, like I've started overextending myself again. This is me all through high school and college, right? Like I'm in a million different places and I loved it. And by the grace of God. It all worked out somehow. Like I had time and space to do it all, and and it's not just I have a job because I can probably take off early and, and come down, and that wouldn't be a problem. But I'm I'm also writing for for Michael, and uh, that that deadline is coming up, and I've really got to hit, start turning things into him. I apologize. Dude, I need to. Um, I should talk to Target. I got to start getting some publications, bro. Yeah, yeah. Because well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Like he was really struggling earlier this year to find people to write actual entries for the encyclopedia. So you, Core and I would both be interested. You, I just need it from resume. If, if you asked him, I guarantee you, he'd have stuff to throw your way. That we, like as far as entries into the encyclopedia. You I, know, um, I haven't even Cora asked him already him. has. Shakura uh, has uh, published on uh, Montezuma II, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can. I can almost guarantee that he he's still needing help. He's still needing people to write essays, uh, to write entries into the encyclopedia. Yeah. Um, Man, do you remember the guy that I brought in? Um, 
through the World History Association. He was a friend of Dr. Tarver's, and he was one of the only martial arts historians in the United States. I think I remember Dennis Gainty. something about that, but I don't... Dude, he had a brain aneurysm and died out of nowhere like a couple years back. Yeah, super sad. Like, literally, because like, I got to work with him. He was on my thesis committee. I got to be around him. And then he just like up and passed away. He's one of the only martial arts historians in the United States. And it's like there's a couple others, Don Drager and um, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. There's Sabinth, S V I N T H, I think it's. But there's two. There's two guys, and they're like they're OGs. Dennis Gainty was like, you know, cutting his teeth in some really cool areas, and they were similar areas as I was interested in. So. But yeah, uh, super unfortunate. I did have a signed copy of his book, though. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. If people die in left and right, I don't know what that's about. Like what Burt Reynolds just passed. Yeah. It's the Damn. Yeah. We're getting old, I think. By Burt Reynolds, do you mean Ted Ferguson? No. Have you seen that, no, that episode would, of Saturday Night that, Live? That would be. Uh, Will Ferrell. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be yeah. Will Ferrell acting as Burr. So. Or no, was Will, was Will Ferrell out Trebek? Oh, uh, yes. And Will Ferrell is Trebek, and then it's... Uh, who? Norm MacDonald? The show, Norm MacDonald. Yeah. Uh, Ted Ferguson. Ted Ferguson, yeah. Who, who's Your show. answer is Ted Ferguson. Dude, I forget. Okay, so like, I sent my buddy Michael Booby, who went to the White... We took him to see Widespread Panic for the first time. It was a three-night show. They played 65 songs. This dude loses his mind. That was the fourth time he's talked about this concert. Right. So, oh, well, we just saw it a couple... But, like, I sent him I sent him this meme, and it was, like, like somebody kissing the hand of Vito Don Corleone and The Godfather. And uh, it was, like, when you take your friend to their first panic concert. <laughs> and he sent me back. Have you seen The Godfather? Yeah. So, you know when Luca Brasi's outside, like, practicing the speech? And then he goes in, he's like... May your child be a masculine child. <laughs> like, and he, he messes up the speech like twice in front of the dawn, and right. he's outside like practicing it over and over. <laughs> like, I sent him that meme, and he sends me back. He's like, May your first child be a masculine child. <laughs> like, dude, I'd die. But, dude, I would, man, you, when you come up to Moralton, we gotta like go talk to Marilyn or Judy and just be like, this dude has this degree, what converts? Because I mentioned this guy earlier, I didn't finish what I was saying. There's a guy named Thomas Flowers who's yeah. older, and he went back and worked with Dykema and um, the Black and just got enough hours to teach upper-level history, yeah. which is like 12. Yeah, it's a ridiculous it's, it's really... It's and like three courses. So let's say, let's say that most of your stuff converts over to yeah. teach philosophy and you need one other grad course to teach history. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think there's a lot of, but like just getting in the know and like, man, like one of my students came in the other day and was like, well, what are the odds of me getting a job at like a university, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, this is the easiest job I ever got. Uh, yeah. Like quite literally, I, I literally tripped into this. turned in my resume and started working adjunct and then like after a semester they're like full-time jobs open you want it full-time job yeah yeah I mean I did have to interview and I went up against five other people I'll say and they chose me I guess I'm I'm worried right like I'm worried that 
if I if I put all my eggs into that basket because I really am an all eggs in one basket kind of guy and I'm trying not to be that way financially but as far as like all my energy and intention goes like I'm really trying to push for Conway and dude Conway is closer to Moralton than Russell so I'm saying like you know, if I got Conway and two weeks in I'm like well this isn't going to take up that much time well, I mean, yeah. even, if, even if it did, dude, like, I teach an overload. You don't have to. Yeah. My job is 180 days a year. Mm-hmm. It can be more if I want. Yeah. But it's never less. It's three hours of student contact per day. That's the requirement. Mm-hmm. That could be in the classroom, and it's 15 hours of office hours. Those are the requirements. So, like, I got to carry 15 office hours and teach at least five classes. That's it, though. Hmm. It's really not that bad. So, I mean, I... And, like, after a semester, there's a rhythm that you get into. So it's not that bad. Yeah. Once, once I've gotten... Once I get that one really, really shitty semester underneath me, where everything went wrong... Well, and two, man, let's say if you just got your foot in the door adjuncting. Yeah. Because that was good for me. I adjuncted two classes, yeah. one regular semester, one summer, and it was Civ 2 both times. And now I'm teaching Civ 2 again, and it's easy. Well, I think I'd like to like adjunct at tech that way when I completely fall on my face in a pile of shit. Uh, Dude, I, I can just ignore that and then come to more. Yeah, for I'm sure. Ready. I'm ready to. Like, I just like the feeling I get. Like, and I don't really know the guy, and I don't want to go asking for favors and stuff. But I've talked to him several times. It's like I don't think David Blanks is going to hire me or you either one to be an adjunct at tech. Yeah, he's not really into that. Although tech is getting tons of applications because you know it's a recognizable state school, and so everyone with their with a PhD is sitting in their stuff because they have a PhD yeah, and exactly, to go. Yeah. exactly. And so they can, yeah. yeah. So whereas Moralton's like, they are trying to not hire people with PhDs. Right, they're trying to save money. They're yeah, but dude, I mean. It's just been such a good thing to have that side income doing something else I'm passionate about. Yeah. You know? Really yeah. I, If I don't get back into academia soon, I will start to, to fall behind. My brain will just start to decay, surely. Bro, you're an academic. You're going to have to do something. Well, I'm a people person, so I can't be an ivory tower academic. It kills me. Yeah. It kills me. I'm not a bookworm. I don't sit in the library and do research for six hours a day and then go yeah, home and feel satisfied. I have to go to the bar. I have to be in the. I have to be in the library with people. I have to, you know, like. And I think, ironically, I think if, like, the people teaching at universities <laughs> model that kind of lifestyle a little bit more. That's not the people in your universities. It's the people in your universities are people who, who are happy to sit eight hours in their office and read about things. And I can't do that. I can't either, man. Like, and you know, like, with where I am now, like, I go there and, you know, because I'm busy or whatever with that, with the schedule, I work every second that I'm there. Yeah. For sure. You walk in and it's like, I gotta get There's this definitely gonna be some naps once I get down in right. my rhythm. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to fit a lounge couch in there. But, um, I might have laid out on my yoga mat under my desk and watched Netflix and took a 20 minute nap once. But, you know, my back was hurting. Right. I needed to land a flat so, surface. That makes sense. But man, the community college ball game is totally different. I guess a clincher would be: is there a bar in town? Yeah. Oh. It's a wet. It's a wet county. I've it's a sweet little barbecue yeah. joint with a nice bar. Uh, like, but, I mean, not like they serve alcohol or whatever. But it's just got like a nice bar set up. You can just go sit at the bar. 
Dude, when I when I, I have when I have a tabletop for this and can throw it out with like four bar stools, we're all coming and drinking set, bourbon. Set it in the middle. And doing. See, that, you know, I'll say this, bro. I almost have not drank at all since that one incident. Uh, are you talking about the birthday party? Yeah. Oh. Like I haven't had a drink in almost four months, and I actually never plan on drinking again. You do, you do plan on drinking? No, I don't. I'm not. Like A, it makes me feel like shit, oh, yeah. and B, if anything goes wrong, I'm, I might wrong. beat the shit out of you. Like that's how I feel about it. Like, because like yeah, maybe you know, but I feel like I've done like maybe way more than any of it, any of the dudes that were at that table. Yeah, I think, I think that's what you're doing wrong. Instead, <laughs> you're doing way too much of. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, what and, I was saying, dude, I'm mixing your poison. Even, even a do. couple of beers makes me feel off the next day. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, alcohol is a poison. You're poisoning is. yourself. The only reason that I would ever, I ever drink, I do ever drink, is because I'm with other people. And social. It's a, it's a social And that's what it was. I really, I didn't break for like, all through college. Mm -hmm. Like, I did a little bit after I said, like, I was starting to turn 23, got my shit back together. I didn't start drinking until 25. Yeah, I mean, and then, well, that's probably about the time I started drinking again. I was drinking Coronas, Patron, that's my weapons of choice. I've never drank Corona. But, man... I just don't, I just, I kind of over it. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't make me, it makes me feel bad is sure. the number one thing. And there's been just a time or two where like the environment got a little bit out of my uh, grasp. Not like, um, like, well, just with that situation. Right, yeah, yeah. Somebody, Someone like, like off well, just like the effed up dude falling on the our jiu jitsu palette. It's right. like, dude, you're in the wrong place. Right. Just so happened it wasn't the dude that, Accidentally bumped into us and super, super nice and apologized. It's in the wrong place. It's the person at our table, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. you with me. And then that made me be in the wrong place, right, yeah. you know. And but I'm gonna say, dude, if I wouldn't have been drinking, I never would have acted that way. Well, I mean, you'd have, you'd have had to act a way, maybe I, not quite that way. I would have been able to mitigate it a lot, a lot better, more yeah, calmly, uh, because it was that like was, that was me in high school, though. high school and college. I was around people i won't say you guys but now you know that i mean you guys uh and i i just never wanted to not have my wits about me there were just too many things that could go wrong and like in high school that's when you're supposed to let loose and do stupid shit and like not care about consequences but i was just like nah i'm, I'm okay being in control of myself i think i will continue to do so you know and i just had no reason to go out drinking like i love being around people even people who are drunk don't care. I actually enjoy that a lot. Like some of my, some of the best memories of my life were being over at Brandy and Drew's while everyone's drinking. No, I'm not. So, but uh, yeah. I was over there a time or two doing that. I, and I can, I can, I continue to refuse to not be outside of my head. Like I've lost some control over my body before, uh, you know. But my mind's always mine. Um, that's you know. I've gone over once. I've gone overboard once. There was Irish, a punch bowl of Irish vandal, and apparently six cups of that is too much after a old fashioned. Um, what do you mean by old fashioned? <laughs> I, I don't know. It was a whiskey bar. There was a lot of alcohol. I spent an hour in the backseat of a car trying Don't not to piss myself or throw up. No. <laughs> no. It's a drink. There's, it's a cocktail. <laughs> Maybe that's where that old fashioned gets its name. I hope not. Me too. Uh, yeah. A little too date rapish. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just 
I've never, I never want to go back there. When, when you're in the backseat of a car, just try not to throw up or piss yourself for like 45 minutes trying to get from downtown LA back up to Pasadena. And then you wake up, you get to sleep around four. You've just gotten in from a flight. You're dehydrated from the flight. You're drinking, you're drunk. You're in, in trouble. You get to your apartment. It's like three or four in the morning. You get to sleep. Your friends come over at nine. We're going to Yosemite. And then you drive six hours in a car hung over. That's... I've been in similar states. It's not yeah, fun. You just say, you know what? I don't need to drink that much ever again. I'm okay. And you, you make that decision. Some people, they just like, now tequila. And I'm like, why? Well, I mean, like, I'm fine with just two shots. And it's weird. It, it, it was, was fun because we all did it. And now we're talking. You have alcohol in you. So now you're okay opening up about things. Or I'm, or there's something about everyone drinking alcohol. Like, we could all be sitting around a table and somebody say something stupid. And we're all like, no, that's not appropriate. We all take a shot. It's now appropriate to say that stupid thing. I think 90% of drunk is just social etiquette. It, it it's is. only okay to do these things when you're holding or are around alcohol. I'm not sure why. It's weird. It was never the stuff like the hungover and like I got to piss really, really bad or throwing up or whatever that made me not want to drink, dude. It was like the one or two times that I kind of raged out. Yeah. Like that I, like I might really try to rein my temper down and be a chill ass bro more and more every year. Yeah. And, you know, like I don't, like it's just like I know a couple of times that I've experienced that. I feel like if I wouldn't have been inebriated, I wouldn't have acted that way. And maybe that's a cop out bullshit excuse. But like I just kind of correlated it and I was like, that's why I got to stop doing this because. You know, it's just like it's you, you, you do have less of a rain on your mental faculties, you and, and it is bad for your body. It is poison. It's like well, I mean, within within reason, right? Like they say, red wine's good for you because of antioxidants or something. Yeah, you know, and it's back to that um, classical. I think it's a biblical. Uh, everything in moderation. All things in moderation. Yeah, it's it's an aerosol thing. Sophocene, the golden mean. You know, I tell people this a lot too. Um, Benjamin Franklin, the deist, when asked about uh, ethics and morals, said, imitate Jesus and Aristotle. And Aristotle. Yeah, Aristotle was boring. Way too logical. Wait, I don't know. What is this fifth element he speaks of too? We should, we, should, we should do things on, you know what we should do, a podcast subsection of of shit Jesus said that shouldn't be okay. <laughs> we like, we're so, we've spent the last 2,000 years reading the Bible or the last 500 years reading the Bible as Protestants and we've just, we've just grown Dude, up hearing these things. Do, like when he calls the Canaanite woman a dog, we're just okay with it. We're completely okay with it. Through the history unravel, bro. Yeah. So like, we should do that. We should do uh, like a history Christianity run. We should. Because there are so many things in the New Testament that should offend you about what Jesus is doing. And then you should Dude, have to... And how did they get away with mashing together the Old Testament and the New Testament? Just like putting it there? Like, well, that's a, that's a composition question, isn't it? Not, not so much a history. I mean, it's, it's a historic... Everything's a historical question. We can talk about anything you want. But... Like... 
too, like, I don't know if I, I talked about this some, with somebody today. I don't know if it's been us since we've been podcasting, but <laughs> I have some Jewish friends, and they don't even believe Jesus is a real person. They think he was an invention of the Roman government to solve all these problems. Uh, sure. Sure. Josephus worked for the Roman government. Sure, yeah. And Josephus is a main source that, like, a main historical, non-biased I just found out my dad has, is it about Appian or the Apocrypha that is Josephus? I can't remember. Manitho's one and Josephus the other, and that's where all of the primary accounts of the Hebrews come from. Sure. I believe. I also don't like Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, Josephus is a, what, a first, second century uh, Jewish yeah. historian? Yeah. Um, just like right after post-Jesus. Yeah, just just right after post-Jesus. Yeah, and then too, what, was it you saying that the Jews believe that they, I don't know if this is us talking, they thought, like, the Jews are like, no, there was no resurrection, people stole the body. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that was a very common first century Jewish claim. Like, no, he didn't raise from the dead. I mean, for, for, for almost 200 years, the, the Jewish community goes to extreme lengths in rabbinic Judaism to separate out themselves from the Christian virus. That's not someone else's word, but that's my own word. Like, you've got Christians, converts, Jewish, con- Jewish people now believing in Jesus, still going to synagogue, sitting next to people who've never heard about Jesus or who don't believe in Jesus. There's a synagogue like that right in front of um, Ruby Tuesdays. But they're like, they adhere to the Sabbath and all the teaching of Judaism, but they believe in Jesus. They're Messianic Jews. Yes, fascinating. Um, Well, these, you've got, you've got Jews who are like, oh, Jesus, he's, he's Mashiach, he's the Messiah. And then they go to their, they go, keep going to their same synagogue. And that relationship, that weird, like, what the hell... The rabbis are like, no, 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 this, this isn't Judaism anymore. You have to, you can't be here anymore. That works itself out over like 150 years. It's very, it's an interesting process, but it actually like, there's violence on both sides. And it, there's a, I mean, I think it's kind of the hotbed that creates a lot of anti-Semitism, really. Like people will point back to like, you know, the Gospels and, like, it blaming the Jews. And if you read the Gospels as a Jewish document writing to Jews, it's a lot less anti-Semitic. In fact, if you read first, like, older rabbinic Judaism... This has been a major interest of Judaism, mine. like, writing and accounts of, like, old rabbis and stuff like that, the way that, like, John is talking to his audience is very similar to the way that other Jews of his time talk to other Jews in writings. Like, the the mission and the Gomorrah, but less so because those were slightly different. They're more of like, this person said this once, and then four people chime in. Um, but yeah, like, I think that whole process is really interesting to me, and it's completely lost on us. We don't, no one knows what happened in, in, well, in synagogues for the first 300 years, that then, you know, like, we get these holy wars, especially when the church marries Rome, the, the empire. Um, but yeah, like, you've got rabbis trying to get rid of Christians or try to reconvert them back, you know, and you've got this whole working out of like, well, you're, you're not Jews, you're Jews, and so Judaism, like, like, really over a couple hundred years, like, tightens up and says, no, this is what it means to be a Jew, and they really start to lock it down, and it, the definition really does, like, one of the strong pillars is not Christian. 
And that, I think, has affected their identity and their relations with the entire world for you know, 18 well, years. Well, I talk about this in Civ too. So, like, the, you po- see that today. the Pope would not allow Christians to charge interest no, yeah, on money loaned. Right, yeah. But the Jews did. Yeah, the Jews another reason. They're using the same books, to, you know, like to to do two different things, right? Like you're not allowed to. The Pope won't. He's using the Bible. The Jews will. They're using the Bible. Do. That's why they. That's why they got into the banking business. Good times. I told Colby as wrap uh, podcast. I'm probably about to wrap it up here in a few, and he goes, and then, and I said, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then, and then. Remember that part? Sweet. Join the cult. It was yeah, all yeah. time. Okay. Yeah. That's that's pre junior high, bro. That's. It's really far. What's the most What's the most junior high movie you've watched in the last three months? Right now, life kind of washes over me in a way that like I can't really remember too many things, but I do. I have this feeling. Things Things translate into feelings or, or slight emotions. Okay. Right? Well, like while we're on that topic. Yeah. Where do you stand on the new Jumanji movie? I uh, am not protesting it, but I am... No, fuck that movie. I'm not watching it. <laughs> not watching it. I'm not going out of my way not to see it, but I don't no. imagine a scenario where I'm going mean, to have to see it. And I don't want to refer to it as, as shitting on my childhood, but in yeah. a way... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not willing to say that it's a, 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 like a, a racially motivated movie. Because yeah, I love Kevin Hart and The Rock. Maybe. But why? Why did we have to remake? I was Jumanji? thinking we should just remake Dead Poets Society and Mrs. Doubtfire. It doesn't look good. Yeah, let's stop remaking. Maybe the, Hook. The why? Why? Why are these things happening? I'm not as upset about a black Superman as everyone else seems to be. Yeah, everybody is upset about that. I saw this funny. I, I'm not going to pull it up, but I screenshot Michael B. Jordan black Superman, and then I screenshotted. Um, there was that, and then like right next to it, it was like. A picture of Ryan Gosling. Right, as Martin Luther King. <laughs> right. I just think that's the silliest thing ever. That was to a, a man who stood against a nation. I mean, that's that what would, it, I mean. That's what it said. Well, you do, you do get things like that. You do get things where you just kind of like paint something black in order to try and create this like race. Oh, it bridge. even happened in the UFC. Like, Brendan Schwab was like, uh, like all of the, in the, but they were all champions of there are was like all these um pundits on the yeah. sports center for ufc or whatever were all these like maybe it's eves edwards it was um rashad evans tyron woodley and like maybe one more but like brendan schwab was like we get it okay we get it <laughs> you got you got enough black people up there <laughs> like like but like in two he he got really got had people come out against him but you know I do see a little bit of that like it's almost like there's become a pressure to level things out like that yeah well I, you, you you're either race matters or it doesn't you can't have both you can't have race not matter you know and then it matter all of a sudden like there aren't enough black people so race matters like are we all the same or are we not and then like you can't you obviously can't ignore certain social and historical factors that are discriminating people by their race or, or ethnicity or what neighborhood they grow up in or what kind of language they speak, like or what kind of English you speak. But like, 
when you're putting forth a like a paradigm that you want to stick, like an archetype, you have to stick to it. You can't just bend it around and try to like over adjust, over correct. So you either have to make like ultimately when we want to get somewhere where these differences don't matter on a certain scale. Obviously discrimination has to happen. You have to discriminate against somebody to get the job if they can't communicate well with the customers that you're having them talk to, clearly. But you need that archetype to stay solid and the only way you're gonna do that is to stick with race doesn't matter. So when, you know, a person does something of excellence, no matter what color they are, they get recognized for it. Now there are other, you know, factors that go on and stuff like that, but it doesn't doesn't matter. Anyways, I was gonna say I was more upset about Man of Steel than I could ever be about a black Superman. Who cares what color he is, as long as he's actually Superman. That's my question. When Superman kills Zod, I immediately say, well, that's not Superman anymore. This was a great movie up until now, and now I'm pissed because this is no longer a Superman movie. Well, at least they had Kevin Costner as his dad. That was... Yeah? Russell Crowe. No, it was Kevin Costner. And Man of Steel? Okay, are we talking like 10 years ago? Yeah. Okay, yeah, now that movie's sucked, bro. No, dude, I love that movie. I thought the special effects were on point for the time That's period. That's so why they brought him back for the sequel. For what? What are you talking about? Okay, I'm talking about the one with Kevin Costner was his dad. What they call, What was the name of that one? Kevin Costner was his dad. Okay, so there's like a Superman Returns where he has a son, where uh, Kevin Spacey is the bad guy, the Luther. And then there's this one called Man of Steel, where Russell Crowe is his father, and it's Henry Covell, or whatever his name is. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Russell Crowe is his uh, Kryptonian oh, father. Oh, right, and then, yeah. I'm talking about like, Earth Dad. I don't care Remember about, he dies in the tornado? I don't care about that guy, but yeah, you're right. Kevin Costner. Ironically, Rob, he dies in a tornado. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Twister. Postman. Twister. That too. <laughs> you should have known better. Helen Hunt. <laughs> right. Um, anyways, no, you're right. That movie, I liked. I liked it up until the point where he snapped Zod's neck for several reasons, which I will enumerate here. One, if he's strong enough to snap his neck, he's strong enough to keep his neck from turning to hit those people with his eye lasers. Right. Superman could have covered his eyes and we, diverted the lasers away. I think Superman is Superman because he's strong enough to get the job done without having to resort to things like killing people. That's what he's, he's an archetype. And when you destroy that archetype, you destroy the very moral fabric of our culture. And I hated it for that. Well, I think... So as long as Michael Jordan, is that his name? I don't know. Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan, I'm sorry. Not to be confused with the basketball player. Which is Michael A. Jordan. I did not know. A-team. Okay. Anyways, uh, as long as Michael Jordan sticks to an actual Superman that is Superman, I'm okay with it. Well, I think what we're failing to hit the nail on the head here is that DC sucks and Marvel's awesome. Regardless, the the type of stories that your culture, that your people tell... Yeah, archetypes, yeah. I get what you're saying They shape who you are. They shape who your children become. And when you start messing with that in irresponsible ways... You start giving away trophies for participation. Sure. No, like... But you get into trouble. I think that we have enough awareness at this point in history to know that the kinds of stories we tell about ourselves and we tell ourselves affect who we become. And we can can use that for good. But instead, we we have all these, like, romances with anti-heroes and and things like that, which is fantastic. You need 
you need that kind of elasticity in it, but you really do need those archetypes that hold the foundations of, of civilization together, like Superman or like Batman, both of which refuse to kill. That is the thing, right? Like they are, are unwilling to commit murder. Now, if someone dies, you know, there's this thing about G.I. Joe, too. I never saw anybody dying in the G.I. Joe cartoon. No, you always arrest the person, right? Yeah. If only cops, ironically, if only cops had watched more Batman, Superman, and G.I. Joe, less people would die. Well, too, I mean, you don't have that many confirmed kills in movies like Star Wars, either. Right. Well, you know, the stormtroopers were ordered not to hit the main characters. Because... Because Darth Vader was setting that whole thing up to where he would meet Luke. Uh, have you all things so. have you heard this conspiracy theory that Admiral Hux is really Luke Skywalker's son and a mole inside the new world? Admiral Hux, you're gonna have to help me out with who okay, that. Okay, okay. So you remember in I guess it was the last Star Wars movie where um, you have Poe. And he's outside of the... He's in his ship talking to the guy on the cruiser and he's making fun of him. Oh, yeah. The guy he's making fun of is Admiral Hux. Admiral okay. Hux is the guy that... He's like red-headed, though. Yeah. Okay, go on. Yeah. Um, two, another thing is like, who do you think Ray's parents are, bro? I think Ray and Kylo are brother and sister. And I think... I don't think that Han and Leia would have lost track of their daughter. It's not... It's not Han and Leia. It's it's, Leia. it's Han's it's Han's mm-hmm. daughter with Khaleesi from Solo. I didn't see Solo. Is that a problem? Sorry, bro. That's alright. Can I give you a spoiler? It's fine. Apparently, Please. he has sex with some chick named Khaleesi. Well, it's Khaleesi from Game of Thrones. Oh, I see. Really, she's in yes, that. Yes, yes. And it's Han Solo's like high school sweetheart, and they reunite. But turns out she is a, a Sith Padawan to none other than Darth Maul, who's not really dead, bro. <gasps> That's what got me on confirmed deaths. So if they can just chop Darth Maul in half and him fall down a shaft and cut off Luke's hand and he falls down a shaft. People that fall down shafts, I mean, Obi Wan. They don't die. Yeah, nobody dies. I mean, you just join the force. That's another theory, bro. And then there's this theory about the. You know why? Because he got stabbed and fell down a shaft. He's alive. Of course, that entire shaft blew up. Or did? You have to be floating in space like Frieza DBZ style in order to survive. Yeah, I wasn't there. I didn't see it. I didn't see that shot blow up. Of course, now that you've got Leia floating through space, no problem. That was so corny, dude. Was, I mean, like, I get it. She's also a force user, but you could. At least we it. got J.J. Abrams back on the next one. Yeah, it was rough. I will say this. Um, in Solo, Warwick Davis, he's in that one. He is in. Willow. And he's played with Warwick Davis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. So sometimes I say words like Warwick Davis and people like he, don't know what I feel I'm like he, about. like, is ageless. That right. man is, like, going yeah, forever. He's, he's timeless, man. He's like a he piece of He was part of, of the original Ewoks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, seven, and well, that would have been 83, I think. Yes. 84. And, I mean, he's, he's aged, obviously. He was, obviously, in Harry Potter, like, for three or four different roles. Um, dude, I love Harry Potter. But, like... <laughs> So much. Are you high? <laughs> Dude, Cora and I watch them all the time, bro. Yeah. The first two movies until they got the real Dumbledore in there kind of sucked. You know, for the last 15 years, it has been like a, a seasonal thing where like fall comes around and there's a Harry Potter marathon weekend. Dude, and I that's got, how you know that fall is here. I got all eight of the movies in DVD. and we doesn't can, matter. We can watch them right come, now. It has to come on something like eight ABC Family or Freeform oh. or whatever it is now. It has to come on. I don't on even have cable anymore. 
See, that's the only reason I keep cable is for those marathons. That way I'm like, oh, hey, it's Christmas time. Or, oh, hey, it's this time. That's it. It is nice having just smart TVs and streaming only. It's man. true. It's true. Financially, I think that's the way to go. I don't know why cable even exists still. But We're radio, man. Like, yeah. the shit that, the music that I hear on the radio pisses me off. Even satellite radio has become complete shit. Like, the number of people, like, I'm. Like, for the, the same money, how much is an XM subscription? Is that like 50, 60 bucks a year? You're gonna, you're gonna get you're gonna get Pandora for the same damn thing. And Pandora oh, we now have, has we a have, tour you can do we everything Spotify. just like Spotify. Yeah. We gave Colby some like one time we went on a trip and Colby was playing his Pandora, and he kept getting ads, and we were like, dude, well, like just, we are so tired of listening to these commercials. Yeah, like right. we were just giving like, so gonna, much shit. But like if you upgrade a premium, it's like five bucks a month or something like that, and it's the same That's thing as Spotify thing, or anything else. I think we pay for our Spotify business. You're gonna, like, yeah, you're gonna spend what thirty to sixty bucks a, uh, a year for a radio service that's gonna give you access to all the music you ever want to hear. That you're even gonna be probably able to download temporarily to your thing, your device, and then run when you don't have service. Why? Why do we even? Well, too, like think about things like what we're doing right now with podcasting, bro. It's like, like why? Like I'm just like every time I talk to Cora about needing to spend like several hundred more dollars on several hundred more dollars on a bear skin. It's like, well, I mean, here's the thing: it's fake bear skin, but (gasps) yeah, bro, it came from like TJ Maxx. Uh, Hey, I like animals, okay? No bear was harmed in the making of this robe. Um, is that like we do have a unique lifestyle set up with the, with the gym and like yeah. my age and like the professor thing on the side and like just all the stuff I'm doing and like I really too, do truly and honestly believe I, I'm like if I can be recording like about this all the time if I can like because like the next studio like so I have my office studio I have this studio. It's almost done. My office studio, I gotta get two more things for it. I have something to set between the chairs for the mic on like this. And I gotta get a wall arm for my second monitor. Mm-hmm. And then that studio is done. So in the office, you're not gonna have another like big table or anything that people can sit around? Man, I love that round table kind of like set up. Well, see, okay, table. so here's my plan. When I go, when I get my studio set up at the gym, after we build the new location, I've mm-hmm. got a room I'm gonna use for the studio at the gym and I'm going to go back with the same style setup I had in here. Okay. So I have literally like three studios. So it's like, if I can't get you out here to my house, but I know that it'd be like, Hey dude, just meet me at the gym before I teach classes. Right. We can do a podcast there. No big deal. That's kind of my plan. Cause I mean, dude, I've got other mics, but we're trying to multi-purpose this too. Like, um, Cora and Colby and I, so far, just the three of us, and some, you know, like we're really trying to get Dylan Sparks involved too, but um, have been playing music like super consistently. Corey's taking vocal lessons, like Colby plays per, like world percussion, bongos, congas, mm-hmm. bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I play guitar, and Corey sings. It's, it's all very nice. So, like, we're doing that in here too. So, it's like I'm trying to kind of like multi purpose things and like. I like stopped playing music for a long time. I mean, I didn't stop. I just did it for stress relief. But I like went from playing like in bands and like wanting to play in bands to like, oh, I gotta build the gym yeah. and not do that. Yeah. Because like when I was playing with the last band I played with, I gave up one night a week at the gym for band practice. Right. And like I'm just not in a situation where I can do that anymore. But like, fortunately, dude, like it's so weird. Like 
it's not really weird, but like, dude, like Kobe's like my best friend ever now, bro. Like, you wouldn't have really thought that. And I would say like, he's also one of the most responsible people out of everyone that we graduated with. That dude and I might take over the world together. <laughs> like, we're on the same page. Right. He is a hard ass working smart motherfucker. Like, right. it kind of blows my mind. Like, with what he does with floors, like, like, like a black belt in that. You yeah. know, like he is an artist. Like what he does with showers, what he does with tile, it blows my mind. Right. And like, it's just all like in the last five years how much I've seen him grow as a person. And like, yeah, yeah, I'm just like I can't say enough good things because like, dude, our friendship's really gotten so much uh, closer since he and Allie broke up. But. To, I mean, he started doing things he never did before, like jujitsu. Right. Positive things. Dude, like never. I'll say like this. Has he ever connected with the community? He's ever. probably he's probably so better off that you were there to catch him, like with positive things to fill in his life with. Dude, and too, like I mean, because I have to, I tell him all the time, I'm like, dude, don't you think you're not here for me just as so much I'm here for you? Right. Because bro, like right now, like just like all this stuff you alluded to. I'm going through all that right now with like like the whole new routine job yeah. thing. Like I got some I got people holding my hand. You know, like we were in my departmental meeting with just me and the social scientist and I was just like guys I hate the committee I'm on. It really sucks. Thank you all for helping me. Please help me more. Like it was just like I really appreciate all the all five of you guys do for me and they're like, Oh, we're here for you, we know. But like, dude, like this guy that you that you're gonna be replacing um, <laughs> when he retires. Um, <clears throat> is he going out like next year or something? This is his last year. He runs a, a practice, like a like a psychology, yeah, like a yeah. counseling services. But um, he, him, and some of the other behavioral scientists used to teach. He said they would teach seven classes, and I was like, geez, wow. But yeah, it is nice too. You teach those overloads, dude. They pay you the next extra two G's. Extra two G's. On top of the 37. Yeah. Saying, yeah. So like if you do an overload each semester and grab you a summer class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you get that year where it's like, I got nothing going. And then like to Cora, I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to teach another class and buy a bunch of stuff I want. That's right. So. That's right. Like the new Fender Strat I just got. Oh, man. Well, dude, um... So it feels good to have my podcast back up and rolling. Yeah. And I'm gonna be playing with a bunch of different ways to do this. It's a bit of a rough start, but like I mean, that's that's life, you know. Like the the podcast. It is. is. I'll right. get I'll get this. I I just like I thought I don't know. Like what I may have to do is you see how both these cables are plugged in. Yeah. yeah. I may have to plug those into two XLRs and take them in. There's somebody uh, probably gonna listen to this and be like, uh, "No, Brian, you have to do this more." I know it's probably and it's probably reach Brian. Probably Brian from Valley Pianos, but like, okay, so I took a look at this. This is the this is like if I was like the last time you're here and did a podcast, yeah, yeah. I had my microphone plugged in to that, that yeah, yeah. right? So this is yeah. what this is, right? Sure. Why is that so, not working? Boom! I would have thought that it would. Can, can you plug that straight into here and it work? For whatever reason, it wasn't sent into the camera. That's true from this one, not this one. You're yeah. eliminated this as being a possible problem. Right? Yeah, well, okay, so. Could be. This is just the. You're going to spend four hours in here troubleshooting. Oh, dude. Colby and I were in here last night, and I figured out like a couple of connectivity things I've been thinking about because 
it's just like I know how the audio flows and like stereo mono and like there's a couple of rules you sure. know and then it's just like okay why did I get my like it's about getting everything into the mixer and then going somewhere else. So like I send audio to the mixer and the mixer sends it to the camera and then I want it to send to this recorder so I have two feeds. So mixes where the thing goes. We're about to be doing the same thing with I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna use that mixer down there or not. It's a lot bigger. It is. I may sell it. I got a whole bunch of old musical stuff I'm gonna put on the marketplace. Right on. Of course gonna make me sell some of my stuff to pay for some of my other stuff. Mm. Fair enough. Well, dude, um, we have to come back on. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, or we'll like, do one at work because I can set the same one. Right. Guest speakerage. I'll let you know when we get close to Rome. Yeah, yeah. So, like, again, back to that, I, I'm just overextending myself, especially with the encyclopedia stuff. If I get out from underneath that, which will be in the next two months, that will be the biggest, like, why don't you, oh, why don't you ask Tyler if you can just keep me a couple of articles you want to do? So, like, I'm doing sidebars to all the articles, which is what I want to do. Okay. Uh, but you need to email and be like, hey, I hear you doing an encyclopedia thing. Do you need anyone to write some articles? And Are like, you doing it for like um, portfolio purposes or is he paying you? Well, I'm, I think I'm getting money at the end of it, but really like it's because when I signed up, it was, you know, like I had time and space and the rhythm of life was going really well. I was like, yeah, I do want to do that. And it's one of those, it's like welding. Like I don't foresee me needing to weld for my life I do not intend to take weld for my livelihood but it's one of those things that I've just picked up and it's like that's in my tool belt now like yeah that's you know I can put that on my resume if it's ever relevant you dude know? I'll say this yeah I know what you're saying like no matter what it is I will never be without a job I am trying slowly and I, I every day I, f I know that I'm failing but I am trying to be one of those interesting people that you you'll ever meet as far as like experiences and things that I've done. I am attempting it. If I were rich, I think it would be much easier. But then again, maybe that adds flavor to the people who understand that it's not very easy to get around and do things without money. Uh, there's just a lot of kids out there just like, oh yeah, I ran to New Zealand yesterday and went kayaking, how awesome, uh, okay. Dude, I talk to so many kids right now that are so lost and like, I just tell them like, here's the number one story I tell people. You just hand them Jordan Peterson's book and and move on with like Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the number one story I tell them then we'll wrap it up. But like, because uh, I told somebody this yesterday and they're like, I've changed my major. I don't know what I want to do. I'm worried about making money when I get out. Don't declare until senior year. Yeah, I was like, no, fuck that. You take stuff you're interested in yeah. taking and then you go from there. Then That making you take those gen eds on the front end, fuck that. Yeah. I was a senior taking biology and because I was a senior, I made an A in it, you yeah. know? But that's right. What I tell that's them is funny, like, uh, like freshman classes, you do so much better if you did it three years from now. When uh, when Cora broke this down for, because Cora's the money, she's the math, she's the accounting, right? There you go. She's the payroll. She's all that. I need one of those. And like you know, like two years ago, we lived in a tiny apartment that we lived in for seven years. Yeah, I liked that apartment. <clears throat> it was, we were. We didn't have a lot of material possessions and mm -hmm. not a lot of nice things. We didn't have the house. We didn't own the gym, really, even, you know, going back less than three years ago, we didn't even have that. So, like, even two years ago, when all of my bills were paid 
for the gym in my house and we paid ourselves and I paid for student loans and blah, 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 blah. We had $75. Yeah, coming in a month that you had to do. Just extra. That's, I mean, like, so basically, like, if we wanted to save money, that was it. Like, we had all our groceries and everything. Okay. But, like, after, after everything was met, we had 75 bucks. Right. And, like, I don't want to divulge on the podcast what that is now because I'm just... It's kind of a shitty way to, like, it's not bragging or anything, but it's like... It's more than 75 It's so not the case, and it's so not the case after my bills are paid now, and Cora told me that in context, it made me cry. Yeah. Like, because it, it was like, oh, I just realized I achieved my goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's something about that. I need, I need somebody to, to sort out my life in that kind of way, like, yeah. I couldn't do any of this without her. Yeah. A lot of people know that. I tell her that all the time. Like, I've just tried to... Give her a plaque every year. I've tried to shift more and more because, like, she, like, you know, three years ago, she wasn't as good at what she is now. Like, she got, she made herself good at it, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't that I was ever frustrated. I knew that it worked itself out over time. But, like, now she is so remarkably freaking good. It's like... Mm-hmm. It's a total game changer. Yeah. You know, and I don't know what I'd do. I do. I, I could not do any of this without her. I couldn't have, couldn't have probably even got my history job without her. Right. You'd just be living in a van playing music, beating yeah. people up drunk on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. Dugan's pub style. Yeah. Shout out to Corey Austin Boy. Who should stop shouting now? Um. <laughs> There's one podcast. Dude, his kid just turned one. Wow. Yeah, last Wednesday I just went to the birthday party yesterday. There is there is one podcast when Colby and I were in here and like he was like, dude, you can't upload that because we were like, here's a here's a short list of the names we mentioned. We we're like, Josh Clay, Stephen Jones, Marissa Merritt. Stephen like, Jones just had a kid. Like we went through all of these all of did these people from high school. Like, did, Brittany just had a kid. Oh wow! Did, yeah, yeah. I wonder what that dude ended up getting up to. Cause I think they're in Florida. While we were talking about Stephen Jones, because all the sweet fights he got into in junior high with Nathan Yates and fucking Josh Clay. Because <laughs> yeah. we were talking about fights we'd seen. Yeah. Like, like, dude. Because like, we got, God, we got that one in the field house. You remember, like, yes. oh, man, swollen face. Like yeah. that was crazy. Anyways. Well, okay, so, like, what got us on that is, like, dude, my kids now in middle school, like, fifth and sixth grade, tell me at Russellville they see fights every day. Yeah. And I was just like, I got to see, like, five fights in my entire high school career, and I really, I missed the greatest one. You were in one one of them. I missed the greatest one at Klein Park with, uh, who was that, Tyler Bernard and um, Josh Alston, right? I don't remember hearing about that. I didn't, I was not there for that. Yes, I was so sad, man. So sad. It's so funny, like... Um, over all over like uh, we, I love talking about names on the podcast you sure. should be jacked up with it but all about all knows. about like Ashlyn Looper like because I dated her between like in the summer between um, like ninth and 10th grade mm-hmm. and then she hooked up with Tyra Bernard so like all through maybe it was between 10th 11th I don't remember but that dude would pass me every day and flip me off and like um, talk shit to me in the hall and so threaten funny. to beat my ass and stuff but didn't 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 her and somebody I don't I don't know make out like junior senior year all I'm saying like on the like at the country club 
all on the golf course. All I'm saying with this is His that dad may be a principal at an elementary school. Now that motherfucker <laughs> can come kiss the ring. Because, like, there's a whole list of people like that that, like... <laughs> like, like, I've seen this with Olsen's music the other day. They kind of, like, are really super rude. And I've spent a lot of money there. And if you go in with something you didn't buy from them, they're rude as fuck to you. And I was just like, so like I don't go in there anymore. Yeah, and I openly you? tell people not to go and I talk shit about it. Why would you, yeah. So. Well, it's not so much talking shit as it is like, this is well, what they're like. Well, and so it's like, not like what, a I, like, what I was telling them, I was like, I bet they didn't think when they were being that rude to me that I'd have the influence but to turn did. as much business away from them as I do. Yeah. And it's like, people like, it's like I've let go all that hate, but now I find it so funny that Tyler Bernard is driving around flipping me off when it's like, I could literally choke him unconscious with two fingers because I did that to somebody. Yeah, you might be the type of person, though, that is, like, becomes a cop and beats someone to death. No, I'm just going to train the cops to not do that. To not do that. But you might be the personality who, under different circumstances, would have done that. That's how you would have ended up. Possibly. You'd have gotten power, like you do now, and you would have found much more petty ways... Dude, Much more that's exactly you know what you know what you know what parable I tell people all the time. Is it an actual? parable? It's not a DC parable. I'll tell you that much. Okay, it's a so Marvel. It's, not, it's a it's Marvel not an actual parable. parable. It comes from the movie Spider Man. Oh God! Little man, I like to call Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. Great power. Oh God! He's gonna great say responsibility. It. <laughs> I tell my kids that all the time. They're like, "You're right, Coach. We can't kill people. We can't just go use our powers for evil." That's right. Don't go choke people to death. It's not a good thing. Yeah. Well, dude. All right. Thanks for coming over, bro. Another I'm successful gonna, cast. Yeah, and I'm super excited to be back because this is fulfilling for me, and I haven't got to do one. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you got anything to say before we sign off? Uh, no. All right. I'll talk to you soon, bro. Okay. Right?